Hey everybody and uh, welcome back to another exciting episode of Horror Film Lovers. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I've got my new co-host here. All right, he was here just as a special guest the last episode, but I sort of snagged him and said, hey, do you want to do this like more full-time? And uh, he thankfully said yes. Please welcome Michael McClinn. How you doing, Michael? Hey, pretty good. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so glad you're here, dude. We had such a fun time on the last one that I'm just like super stoked to chat with you again. You oh, know? I, I mean, especially for this one, man. I, I love the selection that we have tonight. <laughs> I know. And there's going to be more of that kind of stuff. So we got House of Wax, which is a 2005 you know, horror flick um, remake of the original House of Wax, which I've never actually seen, weirdly enough. I I, sh- I feel like I should have seen it by now, but I haven't. Have you seen it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I actually saw that one when it came out to the theaters uh, back in the early uh, 2000s. I was uh, fresh. I think I was uh, my junior in uh, college at that time. <laughs> I mean, I mean the, the original like House of Wax, oh. the... Oh, oh no, I'm I'm not that old. <laughs> uh, I, when you were starting out saying that, I was like, "Wait, huh? Wait, is he talking about the original? No, the original House of Wax. Have you seen that one?" Oh uh, yes, I do. Actually, I have that on a uh, 3D Blu-ray. Uh, anything with Vincent Price, uh, I'm gonna own it. Uh, I love I love that man's work. Uh, he's 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 my pinnacle of a uh, king of horror. <laughs> well, I love that he. Uh, so, this is part of Dark Castle Films. Mm-hmm. I think that's the company's title. And the company was actually uh, Robert Zemeckis from Back to the Future fame and you know a bunch of other films. Uh, and uh, Joel Silver, who's the producer of many action films, uh, got together to create a horror company with Vincent, uh, not Vincent Price, but William Castle, who made a ton of um, uh, horror flicks and whatnot. And so... 13 Ghosts was one of them, I think. Um, Ghost Ship, uh, this movie, uh, House uh, House on Haunted Hill, you know. So a lot of ones that um, uh, William Castle owned, you know, the rights to, I guess, or whatever, you know. So uh, they did not do the Tingler yet. I'm so mad. Like, do it. Do the Tingler, <laughs> you know. I, I need, I'm buying that on uh, Blu-ray soon. Oh, excellent. Have you seen that movie? I have not, actually. I think that's Vincent Price, right? I believe it is. I was actually uh, hoping uh, that they were going to uh, uh, remake. Uh, oh, how was that one? It was the one where you played the actor um, uh, who um, who was uh, framed uh, for a murder, and he almost went into like, a complete psycho uh, frenzy, and he came back to uh, uh, finish his um uh, his movie career from this horror movie that he was supposed to finish and people started dying on the set. I heard um, of it. I haven't seen it. I don't know what the title is. Um, I on the title, but it was actually really good. I really enjoyed that one. Um, I really enjoyed this. Like, th- There's a movie that's uh, in the public domain called Shock, and I really, really like that one. I saw it. Uh, I had like a like a pack of movies, you know, they're public domain films or whatever. And it was one of them. And I was like, this should be done now. Like I wanted to remake it, honestly, because I feel like it could be remade now, especially due to like, cause it was like, he was a, uh, uh, he ran a, uh, shock, 
shock therapy kind of place, you know, ward, like, you know, for uh, uh, people. And what I remember is like this woman went catatonic, you know, shock or whatever, and they would, you know, do stuff. So uh, she actually was not catatonic and, uh, and, and they treated her, you know, still treated her like that and everything. And she was trying to get out of the mental hospital, but it was run by this crazy guy. It's, it's insane. It's, it's really, I, I'm not even doing it justice explaining it. You have to see it. It's really good. And I'm like, that could be remade now with like somebody like Robert England, you know, Robert England to me is like the new Vincent price, you know? Oh, no, he he definitely took over that crown. I agree with you completely. And uh, funny enough, I just remembered the uh, movie uh, now too. It was called Madhouse. Madhouse. Okay, nice. Um, so we're gonna be talking about House of Wax. Um, yep. and so when I told you we were doing this, you got really really excited. Oh, I did because uh, I remembered it. Like I said, I saw it in the theater. I bought it on DVD when it came out, and I knew I've watched it a handful of times. But it was also one of those movies where like. I remember I liked it a lot and I, and I bought it and I remember a lot of parts of it, but also I, I kind of remembered like, you know what? It actually has been quite a while since I have gone back and seen that movie. I want to go back and see it again and see if it still holds up. And oh yeah. Uh, well, I, uh, as usual, whenever uh, we do these, I generally uh, grab my wife. I pull her down with me. Cause I mean, I like to see her opinion on the, on the film too, to see if she feels the same way I do, or maybe I missed something that maybe she, she catches and she's like, Oh no, it's because of this. Like, Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Uh, but uh, yeah, she was in the same boat as me. She's like, this is definitely one of the better remakes that were uh, made uh, from the, from one of those classics. And I actually agree with her. <laughs> yeah. There's not many remakes that are that good. Um, uh, the only one I can think of is like maybe John Carpenter's uh, The Thing, you know, which not many people even do. That was a remake, you know. Um, so, you know, like there there aren't that many. And, and then there's that prequel for The Thing. And no, no, not that good. So I don't know if that'll ever be on horror film lovers or not. But maybe just to just to give it another watch. But uh you know, there's not that many great ones, and uh, this movie definitely, I think, held up because they didn't do the same thing. You know, in my opinion, like I, like I was expecting it more because I hadn't seen it in forever, but I was expecting it more to be them in the House of Wax. You know, like the title, and it mm-hmm. was more. It, it the original title probably was the Town of Wax. You know, because it wasn't about necessarily the house of wax it was about these people making this whole town out of wax people you know which i thought this whole ghost town you know full of wax people i thought that was pretty neat like that's scary you know um it's kind of like they took the original idea and uh took it to like a whole new level they're saying yeah yeah the whole um town i mean the whole uh museum is wax but why don't we make the whole town wax i mean and that and i agree with you that was a huge uh Step up and something to add to the remake is, you know, it's like whenever I see a remake of an original, it's like I want to see them give justice to the original, but I also don't want a complete, utter carbon copy of what the original was either. And, you know, I want them to take some chances, you know, I mean, just remember what the source material was and be true to the source material. It's okay to go off the beaten path some, but. Make sure the main point of what made the original so great is still there. And uh, I felt it. 
Yeah, I think they nailed it um, for sure. Uh, House of Wax. Uh, so um, the storyline, according to IMDb, it says a group of teens are unwittingly stranded near a strange wax museum and soon must fight to survive and keep from becoming the next exhibit. It's not necessarily, you know, exactly the story, but I guess it's the, it gives you the gist of it. It's um, a very broad stroke. <laughs> yeah, because they, they're not really made to be the next exhibit necessarily because there's no like showcase and it was making it sound like it was all about the house of wax where the where you know we i guess a lot of people don't want to tell you the spoiler alert you know if you haven't seen house of wax and we just spoiled some stuff for you go watch it like don't listen to our our show i don't know what you're doing you're um, also you've had 17 years now i mean it's not our fault <laughs> yeah yeah, if you haven't seen, you know, it's funny. This will be out in May third, I think, which will be like three days before, uh, three or four days before the, um, uh, what is it? The the movie came out. Came out May sixth. Oh. Yep. So it came out May sixth. Let's see what the thing says here. May sixth, two thousand and five. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it came out like right about the time there. Um, it was directed by Jaume Colette Sarah. I said his name probably completely wrong, but, um, he's the guy that did Orphan. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Uh, I haven't seen Orphan, but I know the movie you're talking about though. Right. Uh, he also did the Shallows, the shark movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Blake Lively. Yeah, that one I did see. Um, uh, that one actually wasn't bad. I just actually caught Maneater the other night for the first time. That one wasn't was a bad one either. Um, and then there was, which didn't the Maneater, if you're talking about the one that's on Tubi, didn't, yeah. that, didn't that have Chad Michael Murray in it or somebody? Yes, it did. <laughs> yes. So there you go. Uh, so then there was, um, also you directed... A little movie that you might have heard of, teeny tiny one that you might have heard of, called Black Adam. Black Adam. Uh, nope, nope, nope. It's not ringing a bell. <laughs> kidding, kidding. Die Hard Shazam fan over here. Of course, I know Black Adam. <laughs> and Die Hard who? Shazam. Oh, like, Shazam. Oh, yeah. yeah, Shazam. Because uh, I'm I'm Greek, and uh, Shazam is pretty much the Greek Superman. I mean, and I yeah. do. But then when I found Shazam, I was like. Superman was cool, but you're actually cooler because you're Greek now. <laughs> nice. Uh, also, uh, Jungle Cruise. He directed oh. Jungle Jungle Cruise as well. So I guess he's a big on Disney now, or Disney and he was Disney, and then he worked for DC. So he's, you know, constantly busy um, doing stuff now. Good for him. Uh, and it was written, interestingly enough, by Carrie and Chad Hayes. Now, if you don't know those names, they are the writers of a little movie you may have heard of, a little horror film series called The Conjuring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So they wrote the first Conjuring. I don't think they did any of the sequels. Um, uh, they did another movie right after House of Wax called The Reaping, um, and then a movie called Whiteout. Um, there's a movie that's going to be on the horror film lover's 
uh, mainstream Mondays that we're doing called the Crucifixion. We're going to be reviewing that. Me and my buddy John Ward. Um, that's uh, that's from them. And they also did She's Here. Well, it's based on characters created. So I don't know. I guess that's a short. And they did a movie called The Turning. So Ooh. Um, I think that is available on Tubi. So there you go. So they are busy pe- people, but um, I absolutely, I I did not know that they were the writers of this. So that's awesome, and they did a great job. I mean, it. The only problem I have with the movie writing wise is that there, are, it, at one point in the movie, Alicia Cuthbert's character goes into way too much background of his brother, you know. And stuff yeah. that is supposed to be for the audience, you know, to understand. And I'm like, why are you telling your boyfriend this? Like, he already should know this information. You know, you're doing it so the audience understands, you know. But it it isn't, to me, it wasn't worked out well. It was like her giving this huge monologue about how blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sure he already knows this information. Why are you? You know, why are you telling him like it again? You know, and it's a it's a hard thing to do when you're writing. Um, I don't know. Do you write as well? Uh, I'm actually uh, writing my first uh, script, actually. So understand that there are going to be times where you have to do some exposition, exposition, right? You have to do a you have to tell people some background on something. But you got to do it in kind of a cool, interesting way. And I feel like they they fucked up majorly with like her just like blurting all the information out. And I get it because it did help understanding the brother a little bit. And the one thing I really did like about the movie is that you hate the brother at first, you know, because you think he's an asshole, you know. Mm. And then halfway through, he starts to kind of you know, yep. you start finding out information. What? Yep. I was going to say, yeah, you start to uh, see some layers uh, unfold and stuff like things that you thought he did that, oh, wait, you actually didn't do that. You actually just took the heat uh, for it because you were being a good friend and stuff. Uh, you know, exactly. I'll, which, you know, which makes you like him a little bit more, you know, and, and then later you have to like him because he becomes sort of the hero, you know? Um, and he's also a loyal friend, too, if you uh, think about it. Like, you know, he was the one that also was trying to help push, uh, the, uh, like, you know, his one uh, friend, uh, uh, John, uh, the played play by uh, John uh, Abram from uh, Scary Movie. Uh, you know, when he went missing, that was one of his best buddies. I mean, you know, he he wanted to find him. He was not ready to leave until he could find him. I mean... Yeah, he wanted to find him, and he wanted to find her brother, her boyfriend. Yep. Wade. And he wasn't gonna leave till till they find find them. Or no, oh. actually, no, he was gonna leave. I thought she was the one who wanted to stay and find them. Well, it was for uh, Wade uh, when it was his friend. He actually cared more and was trying yeah. to find. Um, I mean, and actually, because uh, we were talking about one of the negatives you had with uh, Elijah Cutthroat, and this isn't on her. Like I, I you have to put this on the editor for this one. 
there was a very big flaw in that, that movie, like a, 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 a hit, a, a big hiccup uh, that my wife actually uh, pointed out that I didn't notice. And I thought, I, th- I thought, no, 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 it was just, it was just this and this, but then I rewound it and watching, oh my God, you were right. But if you watch Elijah Cutler's hairstyle in the beginning, all the way up to the where, where, where they where they camp for the night and and they are like and they're uh, all uh, camping. Her hair is very short in the back and it's actually uh, rigid, like, like it had like a really bad haircut. Her hair's not up or anything like that either. I I checked it numerous times, but right after that scene where her brother throws the beer bottle at the car and it cuts back to him, her hair is longer. It is beautiful. It is well done and pristine. And it stays that way for the rest of the film. I was like, oh, my God, honey, you're right. <laughs> wow, I never noticed that either. That's weird. It, I never it, noticed any of that stuff. Uh, my buddy Paul, uh, you might have met him at the heart, uh, the Scares That Care but uh, when you met me. But my buddy Paul, he will, you know, he notices people in the background things in the background if we're watching a movie he's like why or why is that wallpaper like that blah 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 and i'm like uh, like i don't i don't don't care like i just want to see the movie you know like i don't want to like get lost in the background and stuff i don't want to watch all that i don't want to be that observant because i feel like i'll lose the you know i'll have to rewind everything to to remember all that but yeah next time i watch it i'll i'll watch it from the very beginning and see how her hair changes and everything it's weird you know but you should always tell your wife that she's right even when she's wrong Mm. oh if if you see my post about uh, about her and i conversations you know she always gets the upper hand in the end (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah so i uh i don't know so yeah let's let's get into the cast so um we we mentioned the people but we'll go into them more um, and I'm going by IMDb. Uh, Alicia oh. Cuthbert, who, um, you know, obviously we all know her as Jack Bauer's daughter in 24. I don't know if you watched that or not, but um, actually, I don't. Um, the big uh, show that I I, I I got introduced with her on was um, uh, um, oh uh, uh, God, uh, that, it was that fr- it was that raunchy Friends TV show. Um, Unhappily, not unhappily ever after. Uh, happy endings. Happy endings. Okay, she was in that. Oh yeah, she was one of the one one of the main leads. Nice. She was also, uh, very much in a uh, her. She really got her start in "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" You know. Oh, remember that but, one. Uh, did you? Uh, so, "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" Was there for was it? Uh, five seasons and then they did like two extra seasons with a whole new group of campers you know and stuff except for gary's brother um tucker uh was like the the only person who kind of crossed over from you know the midnight society or whatever and so she was part of the second group of people and so she's about my age i think about like uh i mean i think she was born 82 yeah she's literally my age so um she and i I show i i stopped watching are you for the dark once like the new cast came out because it was like two years later and i I think it's like i got into high school you know and by the time i got into high school i was kind of over snick 
you know, and everything. Oh, that's for kids stuff. Like I had no interest in watching. Now as an adult, I watch it more than I probably did when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, so she was in that. Um, and she got her start. I think she also might have acted in the original, um, the original series, um, as a uh small character, um. She was in another sh movie called Nico the Unicorn. I've heard of, but I don't know anything about, which I guess is about an actual unicorn. Not actual, but, you know, <laughs> it's about a unicorn. Yeah, so she was in The Tale of the Night Shift. Oh, and then has Emmanuel Shrieky in it, too. Ooh. All right. So she was in one episode in season five, and I guess they liked her enough. They asked her, or she auditioned, or whatever. Never got to ask the creator of Argue for the Dark about Alicia Cuthbert because you know, just it just didn't pop up in the conversation. But uh, I do, I do adore her, and uh, I know her. I followed her from The Girl Next Door, which was her most famous, oh, you know, thing. Um, what? That was, that was a classic movie. <laughs> yeah, it was. It. It was so wonderful. I just I, I I fell in love with it, and then um, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time, actually. Weirdly enough, so uh, it's so funny. Um, I mean, I could literally watch that almost every day if I wanted to, you know. Um, uh, but then uh, so she she was in that, and so this was her first, I think, stint into horror, and I think she did a couple more horror films, but I think she likes her comedies and you know other stuff a little bit better. Um. I don't blame her. It's like I love look, I'm a horror film lover, but sometimes it gets draining when you're an actor, as you know. Okay. Uh playing roles where you have to pretend to die all the time, you know, or whatever. You know, or, or you're getting attacked. Um so Chad Michael Murray, who we may know him from uh he was in he was in Freaky Friday. I did not know that, but all right. Awesome. Uh, he was also in, um, um, let's see, he was in Gilmore Girls. Did you ever watch that show? Uh, I didn't. Uh, my, my wife did, though. Yeah, so he was in Gilmore Girls with Jared Padalecki, <laughs> who's in this movie awesome. as well. Yep. And they both fought over Lorelai, I think. Like they both liked, or Rory. They both liked Rory. Um so I thought that was kind of funny. They were both in the first season and, you know, I think they even had like scenes together. So it's really funny that later, um, like after, cause that was 2000, 2000, 2001, you know? And so after that, they, you know, they did that. So, um, but yeah, so he was also, his, one of his most famous things was he was in the show one tree hill. And that's what he's like most known for. And, uh, being Hillary Duff's love interest in uh, a Cinderella story. So, you know, um, but he was one of those guys back then that was sort of like that hot throb, like teen mm. beat, you know, kind of guy who people, all the girls loved. And I think he got tired of that, you know, and uh, now he did movies like he did that man eaters thing. He was in, uh, it's been in a couple Bruce Willis action flicks that a guy I know made that guy that I interviewed made. So, Cool. Then however, Brian, what? 
I was just say how, how wrong we think about it too, uh, about how uh, Chad Michael was actually the heartthrob back then, and Jared wasn't really looked at it that way. And now that Jared's done Supernatural, now he's exactly looked at that way. <laughs> yeah, it's strange to think like Jared sort of, I mean, Jared really blew up from Supernatural. He didn't blow up from the Gilmore Girls. He didn't blow up from anything else. And neither Jensen didn't blow up from uh, Smallville. You know, he had a parts in small, pretty big part in Smallville, but yeah, he played for season four. Yeah. So he was, you know, he was in stuff. So it's just really funny. But um, no, it's, it's, I, I love it. Like, I love that Jared became this big, big star that he is, you know, because just kind of cool. Um, All right. So then there was uh, Brian Van Holt, which I didn't know anything about him. But apparently he was in Black Hawk Down, Basic, um, John from Cincinnati, and SWAT. You know, so there you go. Um, he's been a few things. Like he's he's a he's an actor. He's acting constantly. Oh, he's in Sons of Anarchy too. So probably an episode or so. Yeah, I've seen his. Wax, I'm not surprised. I could easily see him uh, transforming over to a, to a role in, in in that series and doing very well. Yeah, he was uh, he was Bo in uh, in this, and he was a big bad bad guy, you know, in this, which is kind of fun to to see because I mean, he from outward appearances, he seemed normal, you know. Then you find out a lot more about him, and he is not as normal as he as he seems on the outside. So there you go. Uh, and then there's uh, obviously Paris Hilton, who, <laughs> you know, um, everybody knows her as uh, Daddy's favorite little girl uh, from the hotel chains and and whatnot. Um, but she was in a movie called The Hottie and the Naughty, which I heard of, I've never seen. Um, and then let's see, uh, Repo, the genetic opera. So I would have assumed you'd like that. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Uh, I have. It's, it's been a minute. I, I was actually remembering because she actually did a. Uh, it's it's a pretty much an indie horror film. Uh, I, I think it was like Nine Lives or something. Nine Lives, yeah. Yeah, uh, that actually was surprisingly not bad, and it's one of those things where, like, look, I'll put all my cards on the table. Do I think Paris Hilton is a phenomenal actress? No, I don't. But what I will give credit for was Nine Lives was one of those first films where they actually gave her a, a legitimate character where she's not just a TNA with a line or two. Uh, they actually gave her a character with some good dialogue, deep dialogue. And I'll be honest, I was actually impressed. Uh, I actually was expecting her to flub it. And I, she actually did a very good job. Did she do TNA in that movie? Uh, I don't believe she did. Uh, I have to, I have to go back and watch it again. But if I did, it was wow, like we're talking like bikini, uh, maybe or something like that. Yeah. Like, uh, well, I definitely don't think she did uh, nudity, nudity. I liked what she did in this because it made fun of her. What she got really famous for is her uh, her uh, sex tape that she made and uh there's a great scene in this movie where they're all like they're they're driving past trying to get up to the other driver uh here her boyfriend uh's truck 
and their video and uh, John Abrams is videotaping like he does, and he catches her giving a blowjob to her uh, boyfriend, and it was a joke on her uh, on her uh, what is it uh, uh, on her uh, sex tape because the way that they filmed it and everything it was all infrared and that was exactly how her sex tape was made and everything it was so funny and i remember seeing that originally and laughing my ass off and going okay i like paris hilton a lot better now because she has a sense of humor like because somebody had to tell her we're gonna shoot this scene and she had to go okay i, I can do that you know um she was also in a movie called the bling ring which um, I don't know if you ever saw that movie or not or heard about it, but it's about these group of it's a real story. It's a, based on a true story of these. Uh, I think there were high school kids or so in uh, California who would go and rob people, uh, rich people's houses, you know, so they go sneak into mansions and rob them. And she was one of the people that they robbed. So they would find out she was busy in japan or something you know or whatever and then they would go find out a way to sneak into her house take her stuff and everything and she actually played herself in the movie you know which is pretty cool some of the people actually did play themselves like there's a cop that actually dealt with this stuff he played the cop that actually dealt with this stuff, you know like i thought that was pretty neat um and it's uh made by sofia coppola who uh did like uh lost in translation and few other great marie antoinette and a few other great movies so um i highly recommend that movie uh, Ooh, it's not okay. horror but um oh no i mean i i've, I've definitely seen some of the movies you named off like i definitely know lost in translation and uh, uh and that was a good one so yeah i mean i'm always willing to give a fair shake uh, when someone has a track record of making any kind of movies out like well i was a fan of this uh, yeah i'll give this a whirl <laughs> i think you'd like it it's it's fun uh but it's uh it's not exactly the story, you know, it's not the true, there's documentaries about it, you know, and they give you the true account. This is more, it's a little bit more fictional, but it's, I mean, in a way, but like all, a, lot, a lot of the names are changed and, and things like that, except for like the big people they, you know, um, ripped off and stuff. But, you know, the fact that she came in there and played herself was pretty cool. So I like that. Um, and then we talked about Jerry Padalecki. Mm-hmm. You and I seem to both be supernatural fans, so um, I also remember him like because I remember Cry Wolf. I really love that movie. That's a it's another one we'll probably have to do horror film lovers for. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. I'm trying to remember. Like, I I know the box on our cover is like the dude with the I think it was like a gray ski mask, like holding like the knife in his hand. Yep. Yeah, it, but. I, I can't remember if I've seen her or not. Like, it's one of those ones where I, I had to pop it in, and it's either going to be in the first five minutes, like, oh, yeah, is this? Or I'm going to be like, yep, nope, I haven't seen this. <laughs> <laughs> one of those. All right. Well, we'll find out. Um, if you, When we ever do, I think it would be next year, because we already did a Jared Padalecki movie. We don't need to do another one again. You know, but he's he's big on that one. Um, uh, and then he's also, obviously, Supernatural, but also... Friday Thirteenth remake, yep. which on, honestly, out of all the remakes, House of Wax is better, but Friday Thirteenth wasn't terrible to me. Like I didn't hate it. Um, I didn't uh, particularly think it was the best. I think they could have done better, but 
Um, I would have loved to see if they were going to go with the whole backstory of Jason, I would have loved to see more of that, you know? And I, I think they're doing that yep. coming up on the Crystal Lake series. So I'm excited for that one because apparently uh, both uh, parties and camps have also come together in according to the agreement. They can tap into Mass Jason eventually. They will have the rights to do that. There it is, not because you were off, off off the bat. Uh, from what I've been hearing, it's supposed to be like a season. Uh, like for season one, will be events taken prior to uh, uh to the first uh, Friday thirteenth. Season two are supposed to be uh, events that will be taking place like after the first, but before the second. Nice. Um, and they're supposed to do like little fillers in there too. Um, I would be very curious to see how they pull off uh, a in between uh, two, three, and four, seeing that they all literally happened like within a three day period of each other. <laughs> well, is it going to be interesting? Like, because really, like before Jason drowned. Her, his mom was just like a cafeteria woman or something, mm-hmm. you know. Like she had no, she she wasn't interesting. She wasn't interesting till she murdered people. So I'm wondering if they're going to show her like how she became a murderer. You know, like did she murder people before Jason died that had nothing to do with Jason? You know, like, um, like that's the only thing I could think of because otherwise, I don't. Do I really care about Pamela Voorhees? You know, like uh, I definitely see an angle of her being that we'll we'll call it extreme, overly protective mother. Like you know, you're not gonna hurt Mama's boy kind of mentality, and take it to the extreme. Maybe I guess because then you know it could be like Bates Motel. Did you ever see that? I actually started to, and I need to go back and finish it. My wife was—I keep saying this—I feel bad, but but yeah, my my wife, my wife actually uh, has watched that, uh, binge that season or that series. I think two or three times now. Huh. Uh, and without yeah. you, I know. I'm actually starting to feel bad. I'm, I'm starting to feel like, man, maybe I should bring my wife on the show. And I should take yeah. her back. <laughs> keep talking about her. She is, you know. Um, but no, but you guys watch a lot of movies and stuff. And I get it, you know. Um, but yeah, so uh, he so Friday the Thirteenth, he played Clay in that, and I thought it was, I mean, like it was, it was sort of already like I felt like it already been there, done that, you know, with that movie. Like he played a character who uh, was out looking for his sister. He was missing, you know. Like I feel like that's been done so much that when when Hollywood starts doing that, I'm like, can you really not think of anything else? Anything else, you know? Like I'm even cool if it's just a bunch of kids who go to the camp, you know, like the original, you know, like a bunch of counselors, you know. Oh, I definitely agree, and I, I think one of my biggest flaws, like, and I was talking to some with some of the horror buddies too, and they all actually were like, yeah, that actually would be a, a lot better. Uh, the two big two things I would have done in in that in that movie uh, to make it a better movie, I would have taken out the Survivor Girl. I just felt like that just didn't make any sense. It's never been that way in the series. Why would he start taking prisoners? Uh, but the the other really big one uh, is I think they should swap the the uh, kids around. I think the kids from the opening kill scene actually should have been the main characters. I and agree; the- they were more fun. 
Yeah, they have they have better chemistry. I mean, like I was invested more in them. I actually cared more about what happened uh, to them. I thought they were like like you said, they were fun. Like you know, they they were that fun upbeatness. Like they filled they, and the best part was they checked all the boxes for all the great uh, cliches of a camp slasher, and it didn't feel forced like it did with the with, with the later group. Uh, some of the characters is just like like like, like the asshole. Uh, boy, uh, the, the asshole guy uh, who owned the cab and stuff. I felt like a lot of his character was just really forced. And the funny thing is, he played that same similar character in one of the eight films to die for series, uh, Kill Theory. Um, and he did so much better in that one. And it's like, I just don't understand. Maybe it was just the writing or like, you know, how it went. But I, I felt like when he did it in Kill Theory, it went smooth, but when he did it in uh, Friday the 13th, it just, it felt forced. Like, you know, it just, it didn't feel organic. Well, uh, I was not a fan of Willa Ford in it. Like, I felt like she's a great singer or whatever. Like, if she wants to be a pop singer, fantastic. But, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really getting sick of these actors getting cast that have nothing, like, they should not be being cast in these horror films or horror stuff. Like, Kim Kardashian just got cast to be in the American Horror Story, and I'm like, why? It's just because she has a name. <laughs> like, like, is that it? Literally, are you hurting that? But and I thought so with Lady Gaga, but then I really did like her in, yeah. you know, Horror Story. So I mean, maybe <laughs> she'll uh, be good. I mean, I'm not sold on her horror on her Harley Quinn though, but. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna leave my judgment uh, until I watch the movie first. I, but I saw her costume. I thought she looked. I mean, I, honestly, if you put any blonde girl in the Harley costume, I think they look like Harley. You know, like in my opinion, you know, like I feel like I don't know, but uh, I, I didn't. But I, I how do I describe this? I. I, I I'm not sold on it being musical, you know. I think I'm, I'm like, why? I mean, has has Todd Phillips like completely lost it now? Like he's kind of like his Hangover stuff was great, but then all of a sudden, it, I mean, even the third one got uh, my my friend pointed out third one got dark, you know and stuff and so he's he was heading this way he was heading toward joker and shit and i'm like did something really like fucked up happen to todd and now he's making these you know yeah i don't know we're fucked up shit um but that's that's for another topic for another day uh probably even another podcast that's not this one so let's talk about um so we jerry panelecki uh, John Abrams, as we talked about, was in um, Scary Movie, uh, Meet the yeah. Parents. Um, he was also in um, uh, Outside Providence. Uh, was what I was what I really knew him from. Did you ever see that movie? Uh, I haven't seen it, but I know I know I know the one you're talking about, though. And he was in. He has the strangest, funniest, sort of weirdest thing uh, in. Um, He's uh he's like I think his his name is Fuck You Boy in uh the faculty. Did you ever see the faculty? Oh, faculty, I definitely do uh, remember. Yeah, so it was him and like Summer Phoenix and they're like yelling at each other like fuck you, fuck you. Right? Yeah. And then later he's got the he's become a you know, thing and he's 
And they were kissing and making out later on? No, no. They were, he was just staring. Like, oh. you know, he was like, she was yelling at him, saying, fuck you, still, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, just staring at everybody. That's what I remember. So it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, he was great. Um, whatever happened to him, is he still acting? Since oh, yeah, he was that's... in Snowfall. What are you I... saying? Oh, yeah, no, he's definitely still around. Uh, I actually met him, uh, like, uh, I was running a table at uh, Jersey uh, Horbo Show Con, uh, not this year, but last year's. Um, uh, and he was, uh, and uh, it, it's actually kind of a funny story. Uh, we were promoting uh, Go Away, and we had a very similar knife to what was used in Scary Movie and, uh, and Scream on our table. And apparently he had one for his photo ops, but he lost it. He couldn't find it. So uh, so he was scanning around, and he came, and he. He came across our table. He actually asked us, hey, can I borrow your knife for like, you know, maybe like 30, 40 minutes? I got this photo shoot and I lost my knife. Can I borrow yours? Did you <laughs> and, use that to say only if you let us have a photo with you? Actually, yes, we did. And you know what? Not only did he do it, he actually gave us a free autograph too. <laughs> That's awesome. What a sweet yeah, guy. He really does did. seem like a sweet guy. Like I, I loved him in this movie, but I always love him at everything. He's always that character that I just enjoy seeing on camera, you know, like in movies. So, Oh yeah, no, really is a nice guy. I mean, like he's one of those ones that like, I I, I need to dig in and find out if, if he's like, you know, like SAG or not. Uh, Cause I'm I mean, pretty sure he is. <laughs> he's still doing stuff now. It seemed. And then I'm thinking it's SAG related. Sorry, but you know, maybe you can still make a SAG movie someday and get oh, yeah. him involved. You know? that was, I mean, just man, to be a SAG film. I know, so, and you know, it's so funny. Is like SAG gets mad if you use non-union at you know, non-union stuff or whatever. But I'm like, if you would make it easier for people to do it, you know. But the problem is, like, that's the thing. That's why it's a union. You know, it has to run like a union, and unions are there to make sure shit doesn't go bad. We. We had one, you know, somewhat recently that Alec Baldwin was on that did not go very well. And that's because they were usually originally using unions and then they fired the union people and had non-union people in there. And that's when bad shit happened. And I mean, you have to be very careful when you're a non-union because, you know, there's you need to still act like your union. You need to take safety precautions and, and do all that stuff. and. You know, it's just it's a little bit scarier, but uh, um, all right. So then there's Robert Richard, who was uh, who played uh, Blake in it, and I, I absolutely love the guy too. I didn't know who he was. Like he was apparently in Coach Carter, uh, the oh. movie Coach Carter. Um, he was um, he was a Carter in it, so I guess he was Coach Carter's son would be my guess. So if you're gonna have one of your first, one of the first big movies you do, be a Samuel L. Jackson movie, you know. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, be proud of that. Um, oh. What? Oh no, I, I was actually agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so using that. Oh man, he was in Who's Your Daddy? Okay, cool. There's a movie on Tubi you can watch called Who's Your Daddy, and it's uh, it's it's got a bunch of uh bunch of people um in it um colleen camp and christine lakin 
William Atherton from um, uh, uh, Ghostbusters, you know, uh, Dickless from Ghostbusters. Yeah, Peck. Uh, yeah, Peck. And uh, Wayne Newton, you know. I love, I love seeing Wayne show up in things. I he, love was in, he was in Vegas Vacation. Yeah. I'd never seen it before, so I watched it, like, I think a few months ago or whatever. Uh, and I was... I was laughing my ass. I'm like, Wayne, that's awesome. Like he just, he had so much fun. I like him. Um, oh, uh, yeah. I love uh, Adventures of Ford Fairlane where he was actually the villain. <laughs> nice. I have not seen that actually. I know of it. I just haven't seen it. Got Robert um, too. What was that? It's got Robert England in it too. Nice. I'd have to check that out. That's uh Andrew Dice Clay, right? Yep. Yeah. It's that movie. Um, so that's the, that's the main cast. I don't want to go into like smaller ca yeah. characters or anything. I mean, there was the there was the roadkill guy who was kind of funny. Find out later he's another brother, which strange way to end it was saying he's the other brother because I'm like, so now what? Yeah. Are they setting up for House of Wax too? Like he's not going to do anything. He, he had nothing to do with the other guys, you know? It's nowhere near intimidating like the other one. The other yeah. two. Yeah, he even has that scene where he's kind of like supposedly creepy to the to Alicia Cuthbert and uh, Jared Bad like it, but then he then he's just like all like an asshole. Is like, well, fine, take off then. You know, I don't need you guys. You know, and I'm like, dude, they they don't feel comfortable with you because they don't know you. You know, like I would totally I totally get why they were like, we just want to walk by ourselves. Like, you know. I thought something was going to happen with that guy. I thought that guy was going to come back and be a part of this whole thing. and uh, But he wasn't. Nope. He, you don't see him until the end of the movie, until they, they say that like he was the, that they, they had another brother and then they show him. And I'm like, really? So, I mean, and that was such a, that was such a stupid twist because when you see the flashback, you don't see him at all, you know? in the flashback mm -hmm. scenes. So like, it's like, it didn't make any sense. You know, if they had somehow left it open where you could see that there could have been a, a, you know, a person at the table or something that just hadn't come down for breakfast yet or whatever, you know, I could totally understand that. But, um, so the mother and the father treated the two boys, differently i guess one was sort of treated badly because he was uh different i guess right like because he was sort of uh and then they were both siamese twins is what they said uh yep which i don't think you can say that anymore i don't think you're technically allowed to to say that word you know yeah. it's uh it's derogatory or something just the same as you're not allowed to say gypsy anymore you're not allowed to call somebody a gypsy uh, it's a derogatory term. I did not know that until recently. And then I'm like, so I guess I can't say it in my scripts unless the person that's saying it is an asshole, you know? Right. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, so there was, yeah, apparently they were uh, twins, uh, conjoined twins, I guess is the proper terminology. Mm -hmm. And they're now, you know, they were separated. And so one got treated better than the other. And uh, did they kill their parents or something? 
I don't actually think they did. I mean, honestly, they, they seemed way too loyal to him. I mean, you know, I mean, like when, when Vincent uh, was making the wax works and he was always like saying like, you know, mama would have been so proud of, of, of you and this work that, that, that you're uh, doing and, and continue on daddy's legacy. It, it really almost sounded like that they were actually uh, very much in love with their parents. Yeah. So they were doing all this stuff. They wanted to create this town, I guess, for their parents, would be mm -hmm. my guess. Yeah. And stuff. So the parents, uh so the parents would be proud. I mean, the dad, I don't think as much. They didn't care for the dad as much, but the mom they really wanted her proud. And she was the one who's all famous, Trudy. She was famous because uh her wax stuff like got all over, you know. And uh I so I was watching um what was that movie? Dead Silence the other day because we're reviewing it. Have you That's seen that? Good... Oh, I have. That one's a very good one. I enjoy that one a lot. Yeah, and uh, and and so what I really liked was all of the the setup in like the, the 1940s or whatever, where she was like you know the vaudeville type stuff or whatever. She's doing doing all that, and um, I kind of wish we saw a little bit of that. Like the mother was like was uh was making wax people originally and like they were just carrying on the tradition you know or something because it seemed like them making the whole town into wax people was just like a little out of left field for for things you know i i don't feel like mama would have done this you know the way they set it up you know yeah, I, I think it was their way of like it it's almost kind of like the town was a memorial to her. Mm, interesting. Yeah. It was funny because, like, yeah, it's the ghost town. Nobody lives there. They even have it rigged and set up where, you know, the people would open, you know, whatever, somebody would open up the, the blinds. I, I love that. That was one of my favorite scenes, you know. Oh, and with all the setups in that whole entire town, too. I mean, it was done so well that even though the one uh, character, Bo, was able to actually create a whole scene and script to like not only like you know make it like make, make people come from that town feel bad, but then allow him to almost get short with him and then come out and still have a look at him like oh this is a nice guy like I feel so bad you know like when when they I uh, came in they felt like they were interrupting a uh, the the uh, the memorial service uh, um, uh, and um and he was uh, you know coming out again all mad like wow really you need a fan belt really yeah no no it's okay you know I'm right in the middle of like you know of, of saying goodbye to a very good friend of mine but yeah no please you need a fan belt and then he goes in all storming I off would be like dude I'm sorry but get more fucking workers for your goddamn gas station you know mm -hmm. like I'm sorry but your gas station should be open on a fucking it was a Sunday you know because it's Sunday football and stuff or whatever. So, you know, I'm like, dude, get your fucking ass in gear and give them a fucking fan belt. That's your job, man. Like, shouldn't, uh, I mean, I, I get it. You're sad, but like, and so at first I was like, why is this guy being a dick? But then he's all like sort of hitting on the girl like he's in on Alicia Cuthbert, which, which you should, you know, she's pretty hot, you know, like how I got it. You know, I, I, I used to have the, uh, poster for girl next door and stuff so for the longest time in my room leash cuthbert was in my room right next to my katie holmes pic, uh, poster and shit so you know and britney spears oh yeah 
Oh boy. And Brittany, don't get me started with her now. She's she's a little off her rocker, but um, you know, she's living her best life right now. So I'm gonna leave hey, her be. We all we all hit snags in and the road, man. I mean, you know, the important thing is is what they do after that. You know, right. do brush themselves off and try to keep going forward or do you just wallow and like in what you fell in? I mean, and I give her credit. She hit times and she still kept plugging away and she's still around. She's still dancing. She does oh, dancing yeah. stuff on Twitter all the time. Not Twitter, uh, Instagram. So, um, anywho, um, go back to, to the story for House of Wax. So, like, I, I, I absolutely love that uh, he was he was a dick at first, and then he sort of, you know, he kind of switches from being a dick to being nice to being dick to being nice like a few times, and then he says, because like when he catches them at the uh, shop, right, he was like, oh, you're gonna pay for that, you know, like he's kind of being a dick again, and I'm like, dude, you just said they could come in here, man, and now you're taking forever. They they need to go, you know, like, um, and then he's like, oh, you want to come to my house? I've been like, nope. I'll take that. I'll take my chance on this, you know, right. Every uh, single, mis every yeah. single thing they do is a horror trope that I would have in real life. I would say, Nope. You know? Yep. So, uh, like, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, it was like that, like, you know, let's go to your house. Uh, which ones did you like notice for the horror tropes? Oh, um, Let's see here. Uh, there was definitely a lot of cliche. Um, uh, that's for sure. But I mean, like, you know, it wasn't like bad cliche, though. Either. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, it was very interesting uh, that, you know, your fan bell uh, got cut when you were camping and then you go to the town to go get it. And surprisingly, they have every size in stock. Except yours. Except yours. Yeah, but hey, we happen to have it at the house. It's just like, uh, uh. It's like just, just no. I mean, like, he even said something about he'll take the like the sixteen or whatever, and or whatever, make... and he's trying to make it work, you know, and stuff. And I, I would have been like, okay, let's do that because I don't know this guy from Adam, you know. Like even in the beginning of the movie or whatever, not beginning, but when they when they meet the roadkill guy, they're mm -hmm. like don't go in the car with this guy. You don't know him, you know, like that's a bad idea. Oh, well, he's going to help us. So like, maybe he's not, maybe he's the one who fucking cut the fan belt. Maybe, you know? Yeah. I don't think he was. I think it was, uh, it was the, um, the other one. There was Bo and it was Travis. It wasn't Travis. Uh, Vincent was Vincent. Vincent. Yeah. And I yeah, think the Vincent was the one that cut the fan belt. Um, because you see him later with the camera and everything. Yeah. So he, uh, I think he's the one who snuck around there and and stuff. And um, but it was Bo that scared them. Which one of my favorite scenes in that movie is that, like that part where they are, where the guy comes up, they're all hanging out at the campground, tries up in his truck with the blind with the lights on and everything, you know, like. Shut your lights off, and then Chad Michael Murray throws the mm. beer bottle, you know, and breaks one of the headlights, you know. 
Um, so I think honestly, the way they got set up too, that later you see that she was driving in the truck with the, now I guess it wasn't that dark or something, but if they had the lights on, when you notice like only one light was one headlight was working, you know, oh, that was a different truck. Cause if you remember when they went to the house later on, uh, and she came outside. She noticed uh, on on Bo's uh, truck uh, uh, that he did have a busted tail light. Uh, oh no, sorry, a busted uh, a, a headlight. And that's when she wigged out and she, and she like and she locked all the doors. And but she, they like, drove. She drove them from the you know store to the house, right? In that truck. Yeah. Did he though? Or no, 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 he did not. Yeah. But how does she get in the car though? How does she get in the truck? Oh, uh, uh, she got in the. Uh, uh, well, well, actually, no, it was a different truck because he had multiple trucks there. Okay, all right. And, uh, even though I saw it earlier, I, I totally spaced an hour. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, so yeah, they walked up to the house, yep. you know, and stuff. Which I once again, I was like, "What is going on here? This feels very Bates Motel." I feel like. You know, and and maybe it sort of was a little bit psycho like because, uh, because, uh, was it, uh, Vincent wears a dress or whatever, like wears long hair and all that stuff, and just felt like very much like maybe he was kind of treated like a girl, you know, or something or whatever, and everything. So I was like, I don't know, does he like to cross dress or something, or you know, um, hey, no. No shame. Oh yeah, no. Not, not, not king shaming. Whatever you like to do, dude, go for it. But, uh, but don't kill people. You know, I will, (laughs) I will, I will shame you for killing people. But that's about it. Um, especially people like, and he turned fucking weed into a wax, you know, thing. Mm. You know, which I thought was so sad. You know, because I liked weed. I thought. And he was still alive after that. <laughs> I know. And then what? And then uh, I guess he he must have died then because of the fire or whatever, right? Was he in the room that got caught on fire? Oh, uh, he had. I mean, it was, it was either that or actually, uh, didn't he get his like whole like head smashed in like at one of the chase scenes, like when when Elijah uh, uh, came across him? Maybe. God damn. So yeah, poor poor Wade. Um, yeah. I I see. It's one of those things where I'm glad that they did the way they did it because, once again, beginning of the movie, you love Wade, but you hate uh, what was uh Nick, you know. So you hate Nick, you know. You think, oh man, this guy's an asshole. Blah 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 blah. Then halfway through the movie, you start to like him. By the end, you're you're really liking the dude, and you want him to get his his sister out and it's usually the other way around it's usually the uh boyfriend that lives with the girl you know and everything like that and uh and so i the only thing i i get kind of upset like so when when they do this they do this so that you will and as a writer you'll you'll figure this out you know if you haven't already but when you write a character you have to give them something interesting that's going on in their life you know to make people care about them right 
So in uh, Paris Hilton's uh, case, uh, she was pregnant, supposedly pregnant, might might be pregnant, and she's t wants to tell her boyfriend. We all know this. She's trying to. She doesn't get the chance to. Her boyfriend dies. She has to run. She dies. So then my whole thought process after that is then then why did we care? You know? Like, mm -hmm. if we're just going to kill these people, like, why would I care? Like, I guess you're supposed to. You're supposed to be like, oh, man, she was going to be a mother and, you know, all this stuff. But to me it didn't it didn't read that way like i like when she got killed uh and he threw that fucking thing right through her head oh i know kill too but <laughs> that was a good kill <laughs> yeah it's one of the best kills in the movie but that's the thing like cuz throughout the whole movie i was like oh man this would be cool if none of them died you know and i'm only saying that because like Generally speaking, for slashers, these types of movies, that's all you do is watch people die. Wouldn't it be so cool if they made a movie where none of the main characters died, just like the villains died, you know, and whatnot? And it can still be a scary movie because you're you have no idea when somebody potentially could die or who could die, you know. Like I would have, I would have liked it better. Had none of the none of the bad characters died, or none of the good characters died. All the bad characters died, and that's how I would have really. That's how I would have leaned into it because, um, you know. But then again, if you don't have anybody die, then there's no, you know, then everybody would be sort of pissed off, you know, because like then there's no nothing that scary, you know, because if once you kill somebody. Then, yeah. Uh, then what? all hats are you know all hats are off. Like who knows who's who, especially the boyfriend. Once Wade dies, you're like, oh shit, that means Alicia Cuthbert could die. Her brother, her brother definitely could die. You know, mm -hmm. um, but thankfully they did live. You know, <laughs> and do you think they like? Okay, so I don't think they made a lot of money on this movie. Sadly, this movie. It didn't bomb bomb like in the sense of like it was it it underperformed or anything but or maybe it did oh shit I'm, I must have been reading another one or something because it was it was a 40 million dollar movie and it's opening weekend was only 12 million and yeah, it bombed. I mean, this is gross by country, but it seemed like it made a good amount of money through all the different countries put together. So, I don't know. Maybe it... Worldwide sales, it was $68 million, So, But it didn't, what I've been told is in order to be a successful movie, you have to double your budget. Mm -hmm. Gross, and it did not. It only made sixty-eight million. Not, not on a forty million dollar budget. That's that's that is still a bomb, you know. Um, oh yeah, kind of sucks because it's a lot better than I think a lot of people give it credit for, you know.
Yeah. Now, usually, usually the rule of thumb I've always uh, heard, uh, and this definitely holds more true with like, uh, especially with for a modern day, like say, like the comic book movies. Whatever the budget is, for them to break even, double it, because whatever they usually put in in uh, and for uh, production is usually the uh, is the same amount they put into advertising and marketing. Yeah. So double it, and then you know, and really like for Marvel. They need to make movies in the billions. Yeah, like, yep. you know, um, they are in. I was looking it up the other day. They're like eight billion dollars or something or whatever. Like company, eight. That sounds slow. Maybe eighty-eight billion. That seems. I don't know. Um, but they 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 have a lot of money, you know, and they can afford a couple bombs, but. They can't afford like every movie in the MCU to to bomb now, you know, and neither can yep. uh, neither can uh, WB man. They can't. They definitely can't afford that shit. So and both of them are in very interesting situations. I mean, if if I had to choose once uh, one to be on right now, I think I'd rather be in the DC Warner Brothers situation at least. Really. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, and the reason why is is because they can at least hit, uh, and they're going to hit the uh, the reboot and the restart switch, so they can start from scratch again. Marvel is too deep into their stories and too deep in their story arcs, and unfortunately, some of your best key players and actors have gone now, and the new ones that are coming on, they're not bad. But they're not they're not bringing even remotely the kind of money uh, or the fandom that the, the old the old regime was bringing in. And even in the numbers, it's it's uh, it's starting to show uh, uh, for a lot of them. I know Ant-Man in the quantum uh, realm, that one definitely. Uh, uh, and I was surprised when I, uh, about that one, too. When I saw the trailers, I thought for sure, oh, this is going to be a, a smash hit. And even in my most diehard comic book fans, even ones who are more on the Marvel, because I'm more on the DC side, and but they're more, a lot of my friends were more on the Marvel side. Even they said it was extremely lackluster. <laughs> I was in the Marvel, I'm on the Marvel side. I didn't mind it. I didn't hate it. Um, but I'm an easy, I'm an easy watch. You know, if you entertain me in any kind of way and and i leave going okay this was yeah. fun you know like I, I i'm not gonna be upset about the movie there's people that's like nitpicking it and and saying stuff and like i mean i can understand like there's a bill murray character who i just feel like what the hell was the point of his character at all like really other than like being the uh the the lando you know, like the the sellout, you know, like he was a Lando like this movie. It's so funny. That movie was fucking Star Wars. It was a Star Wars Marvel movie. You know, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it's, you know, takes place in a, the quantum realm. Have you seen it? Oh, uh, I have not actually. So, yeah. It, it, sorry. Spoiler alert. But, you know, for Bill Murray's character, but it's sort of like, uh, uh, you know, it it was not nearly as good, you know, um, as it should have been. But because everybody loved Ant Man and the Wasp and Ant Man, oh, yeah. you know, so and it should have done better. And that's another way, like on how I've engaged in this with Marvel is like a lot of their movies that have been sequels that have come out. 
are not making the money that they're uh, 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 the ones who uh, preceded them were making. And that's the problem. If you're not making the same amount or more money than your last one, it means your fan base is dwindling. Uh-huh. On- it and uh and, and it's not just a man i mean it's it's a lot of them actually um uh, uh even, even though i enjoyed the film a lot uh doctor strange in the multiverse of uh madness like it made more money than the first doctor strange but on a uh rotten tomato critic uh, level it it was nowhere near as well received as the uh, first one was um no. nope um, and i and i and in the marvels uh you know i mean I think it's a great concept, but I got to be honest with you. I do not see that movie making uh 1.3 billion like uh, Captain Marvel did. I, I don't see it happening. Maybe I'll be wrong. And I hope I'm wrong, but I just look at statistics and how things are going with, with the Marvel sales and everything. I think Guardians of the Galaxy will do very well. The new that one will. Um, part of that one is, 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 you know, it's the last uh, hoorah. And the Guardians of the Galaxy is one of the few things that still feels like the old regime of Marvel still. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of that comes in, in, in into play. I mean, and, and to be honest, I, uh, Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. If, uh, if Chadwick uh, 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 Boseman was still around and, and it was still there to, and, and to make a good, legitimate one, like a good Black Panther facing off against uh, Namor kind of uh, movie, um, yeah, that thing probably would have made a billion dollars too. <laughs> yep, but uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people are getting burnt out from superhero stuff anyway, and I keep hearing like superhero fatigue. Uh, so I I don't know. Um, horror films seem to be doing very very well, and the beauty of horror films is you can make one for ten to twenty million dollars, and mm-hmm. it'll make you you know. Uh, three hundred to five hundred million dollars, you know, and sometimes, you know, depending on how big the movie is, like The Conjuring or Insidious, it, they could go even further and make even more money and everything and create franchises. And um, if if they do that, it would be interesting for them. Like, I would love to see a company, a small company, maybe Blumhouse, something like that, creating a superhero movie for 20 million dollars less less you know so because blumhouse isn't just necessarily horror films you know i think they could they could you know it's it's blumhouse you know like it doesn't say scary house or some terror house it's named after jason blum who i think i feel like it could be you know um if they really wanted to they could make it um a, uh, I don't know. If they can make a superhero movie, and um, uh, I don't know how much the boys cost. That probably costs a good amount, but you know. Oh, uh, with, with the effects, definitely. Yeah. So uh, if they did something cheap on the cheap, made a really cool superhero based on a comic, then they did more and more of those. I guarantee you, Hollywood would start looking at that, going, maybe we should cut down on our budgets. You know, yep. like. We don't need, we don't need two hundred million dollars, you know. Let's make it for, you know, fifty million dollars, you know, or whatever. And actually, they uh, DC actually tried that, and uh, even though it wasn't big blockbuster numbers, it actually did show there was some success to be done there. And uh, funny enough, it was with Peter uh, Saffron when he did Shazam. Uh, they made Shazam on eighty-five million. 
See? And that did really, really freaking well. So, yeah, it made I, it all I, so, I mean, that's not. Yeah, it's definitely not bad. Um, James Gunn should know that because James Gunn's made. He made Tromeo and fucking Juliet that he wrote. Yeah. You know, like he knows how to make something for a low budget. You know, that was a great comic book uh, like movie. Really dark. You know, definitely had that uh, kick ass kind of vibe. But it was it was I, I believe super. It was pre kick ass too, I believe. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Actually, I was like I'm pretty sure Super came out before Kick Ass did. It's also a great one too, by the way. <laughs> Tromeo, yeah. So wait. Yeah, he did the specials, which was really good. He did a ton of great stuff before, you know, these things. And I feel like maybe that's what they need to do. I mean, they need, you know, instead of spending all that money, you know, making something for $200,000 or $300 million or whatever, you know, uh, make something for, you know, 50 to 80 grand, uh, 80 million. That grant that would be a little bit too low, but like make it eighty million dollars, and you could st still have a big star in there. Uh, it won't be probably The Rock or something, you know, but get a big star in there and 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 do something really good, you know. But they don't they don't listen to Hollywood doesn't think about that. They think like how much can we spend and get like whatever back that's why i love jason blum a lot is he thinks small but with a big return you know mm -hmm. you look at uh paranormal activity made on made shot on a 20 mil uh 20 million dollar budget no twenty thousand dollar budget sorry twenty thousand dollar budget made like hundreds millions of you know like whatever you know, it was a huge box office, but they did do like they, it probably cost them about a million because of like advertising and stuff. But still, you know, I mean, how cool is that? You know, oh, I mean, like it's always cool to lose those things. I mean, you know, it's kind of like even like watching like the Terrifier, I'm or, 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 or Terrifier too. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, that thing had a very nice, successful uh, Indiegogo, but, you know, we're still talking, like, I think they got, like, what was it, like, maybe like 160, 170,000 uh, or something like that, um, and that movie made millions in, in the theaters. Oh, it made, yeah, it made millions in the theaters, so, like, yeah, yeah. it was like, I think it was close to 200,000 that they spent on it, and that was just through Indiegogo, you know, imagine had they had, like, Blumhouse money like a million dollars and stuff they could have made that movie you know for that and and they would have maybe even made more you know and stuff so um i i know they're making a terrifier three um oh, yeah. you know they, <laughs> what they, they they'd be crazy on uh, not to i mean when you have that good of a, of a financial turnaround, you better believe nine times out of ten you're going to get a sequel. Uh, it, it's always about like like you know at, at least for like most of the production companies I've ever uh, I ever worked with, there's always like a rule of thumb: a sequel is always on the table as long as the demand is there for it. Right. I mean, and like and you know because I mean if a lot of people aren't harping for a sequel, then what's the point in making a sequel? I mean. 
if, if, if you don't have the fan base that wants it or wants to see uh, of, of, uh, the next story in, in this series, well, then you're probably not going to get much of a better turnout than you did on your first one. Well, that's why I like the, the, the comic book stuff and everything with the franchises is because they already have it set up. Like, like uh, <laughs> Kevin Foggy was like one of the first ones to really do it. But with Marvel, they set up the universe beforehand, you know? They're kind of mm-hmm. announcing at Comic Con, you know, which is great. I like this is what I would love to see from the horror genre is people going to horror conventions, like how we had scares I care, but like say Texas Frightmare, and saying, Oh, we're gonna be making this big announcement at Texas Frightmare. You should come out, and then they go there and they say, We don't have just one movie of this. We've got two or three, you know, all right, planned. We're gonna be making this, blah, blah, blah. You know, also, also, you better have the money and have it already all set up. But you know, and then you go out and make like a new Hatchet series of movies or whatever. Like, what? Imagine if Adam Green went to Texas Frightmare, came up on stage and told everybody, "We're gonna do the next Hatchet movies. Our, you know, four, our five, six, and seven are gonna be made. You know, or whatever." And uh, we're gonna sh- we're gonna be shooting them back to back, and they're coming out. You know, like you know how excited people would get for that. You know, oh, yeah. I did that with Victor Crawley. Uh, like uh, no one knew he even made the movie. Uh, he held an event uh, where like he was gonna be there, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, we're gonna play the first Hatchet movie and stuff, and I'll sign autographs and everything like that and stuff." And then uh, when the whole thing started, he went up on stage. He goes, yeah, guys, uh, I got some really, really uh, bad news for you. Uh, unfortunately, I forgot to bring my cut of Hatchet with me. So we're not going to be able to watch the first Hatchet movie. But uh, on, a, on, on a brighter note, um, good news. Uh, I actually made a fourth Hatchet film. And I had that with me. So why don't we watch that one instead? And of course, the whole <laughs> was sick. That, that's fucking amazing um are you I gonna watch the new uh evil dead movie oh god yeah absolutely i mean I, I'm, I'm i'm a big fan of the uh, franchise i, I loved the uh ash versus uh, versus evil dead uh tv series i thought that was like ash ash versus the evil dead tv series to the evil dead franchise it, i think was just as well done and coordinated as cobra kai was to the karate kid <laughs> exactly i'd agree with that so uh, which I know Cobra Kai is coming out in the last last season. It's coming out, I think, this year or next year, you know, and uh, kind of sad about that. And then they... I actually, I didn't know it was the last season. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, yeah, oh, it's no, going to be... You yeah, just, I... you just, I just told you, you just found that out. Yeah, I mean, I would have found out eventually, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you would know. I'm, I'm glad you know now, because, you know, so you can be prepared. But yeah, this is the... The last season is what they were announcing. Unless they changed it, unless it's, you know, but it's, last I heard, it was the last season. And it was because their, uh, Sony is making a new Karate Kid movie, you know, a whole new reboot. They're don't really, ask me why. Just leave it alone. <laughs> and like, I don't understand why. I mean, considering they could just do a spinoff movie with these characters, you know, and people would be very happy to see all the characters, you know, come, you know what I mean? Into a whole new movie, but no, this is going to be like a whole new reboot. Um, And as long as they make it karate and as long as they don't make it with Jaden Smith, 
Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was going to say if you didn't say it. I'm sorry. I mean, I wanted to like that movie. I really, really, really wanted to like that movie. Especially because, like, you know, hey, Jackie, uh, uh, Jackie Chan. Awesome. Like, you know. Yeah, he's, he's a great Mr. Miyagi. But they yeah. didn't even call him that. You know, he wasn't Mr. Miyagi, I don't think. I don't think that was his name in the movie. No, they may have something else. That's what they should have done. They should have done, like, funny enough, similar to uh, House of Wax. Like, you should have done something, like, if you're going to do it, something similar to the original. You could do some tweaks on the way and stuff, uh, you know, just like how they uh, did in Cobra Kai. I mean, like, there were always continuous nods to make you rem uh, to remind you of things that happened in the original series that was actually happening to those modern day kids uh, uh, and stuff, which I think is was so brilliant on the on the writing uh, part on that one and stuff, too, because it just made relating to those new kids that much easier. And I think that's one of the reasons why Cobra Kai was such a big hit is because, yes. It did have a lot of focus on the kids in the new regime, but they kept a lot mm -hmm. of the old there. And they showed so many good correlations of what the old regime went through and what the new regime is going through that it just made it so relatable and so easy to follow that you're like, yeah, oh, my God, you're going through the same thing your dad went through. Or like now you know how your dad so-called uh, villain feels now, you know, now, 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 now you're in their shoes, huh? And now, don't you feel like you were more uh, betrayed and wronged in this one than you felt like, you know, the villain in this? Uh, well, yeah. And I'll, what, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 you're fine. I, 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 I was just going to say, it's always funny how a story can change from someone else's perspective. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, like, I wasn't a huge fan of originally of the next Karate Kid where they try to have Hillary Swank in there or whatever, because... It, it it didn't feel the same, you know, like it didn't feel like the same storyline. But um, then I watched it years later and I was like, it's not as bad as I remember it being. I think I really was upset that that Daniel wasn't back, you know, when I first watched it, that I that I didn't really give it a fair, fair shot. Um, It's OK. It's not. uh it's still like my least favorite of the of the Karate Kid movies, but one well, no, my least favorite is the the new the the Jaden Smith Karate Kid, but that I almost feel like is not even in the same you know ballpark as the other ones because it's it's kung fu. He teaches him kung fu. He even says it's kung fu. I'm like, you could have called it the Kung Fu Kid, and. Yep. And had it just be similar because they are, it is the same company. So they could have just made it similar, you know, but no, they decided to go and call it the karate kid because they wanted all those fans. And because Jaden Smith, this was Jaden Smith's birthday present. Did you mm -hmm. know that? I'm not surprised. I mean, unfortunately, uh, I saw some interviews with him, like uh, uh, when he was doing uh, after earth with Will Smith, uh, it, it left a bad taste in my mouth with his attitude. Uh, he just had that very like uh, pretentious kind of attitude, like almost like an almost borderline spoiled brat, almost. Mm. You know, you know, is that he's like, no, what should we talk about? I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a great actor. I don't know that my staff. I know, like I'm a great actor. I don't need my family name to get me by. And I'm just like, no, no, you do actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, and, you know, and, and I'm definitely not hating on. on 
And I'm, I'm really not. I mean, like I said, like, you know, I'm sure a lot of that was just adolescence, but like I said, it left a bad taste in my mouth. And, you know, who knows? Maybe we get older. I mean, bear in mind, when Will Smith was his age, if you told me Will Smith would have been a blockbuster a- actor when he was Jane's age or like even when he was in his teens and early, early 20s, I would have been laughing hysterically saying, are you nuts? You know, nobody I mean, thought that the fresh like there's that line in Jersey Girl where it's like the French Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is going to be a big celebrity. I don't think so. You know, right. No one's going to remember him you know, 10 years from now or whatever. And and that was a joke because I think it took place in like 94 or something, you know, when, right, or 90, 95 or 96 when, uh, you know, um, when Will Smith was a, uh, uh, when Will Smith was on The Fresh Prince and was not, uh, he hadn't made uh, Independence Day yet, you know, or whatever, you know, so he hadn't become that big star. And so it was really cool that he, cause he's in that movie, he's in Jersey girl. So obviously he knew that they were joking on him. And it was cool that like, I, once again, like the Paris Hilton thing where you show up and you're, you're cool with people kind of making fun of you in a way, poking fun of you, you know, um, sadly he, he's he, Will Smith's not doing so well right now. So, um, you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what he did was silly. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. It was silly. I thought it was all publicity stunt. I literally did. But then, but it just seems like it, it. if it's a publicity stunt, they really didn't let anybody ever know because it still feels awkward, you know? Oh, yeah. I know. I mean, again, I mean, like I said, even uh, Chris Rock doesn't even want to uh, won't uh, work uh, work around him again anymore either. Like mm-hmm. he just, and like I said, if it was, then like I had no idea what he thought his end game was going to be because, like I said, Chris Rock came out smelling like roses and yeah, not so much. <laughs> Don't worry, Will Smith will be back on top soon enough. That's the thing. That's the thing. What people don't really realize is like people forget and uh people will move on and you know all you gotta do is smile and wait wait it out and i mean you'll you'll be back you know just don't mess up again like that you know don't let your temper get the best of you and maybe you'll uh you know like people are saying that stuff about ezra miller man i can't stand the guy I was thinking in the back of my mind. I was I was going to even say I was like, well, on the bright note with Will Smith, I mean, what he did is very minor comparison to say someone like what Ezra Miller's been charged. I know, fucking kidnapping girls and and having them be a part of his cult, you know. Yeah, and grew uh, a sex uh, trading and slaving. Eventually, I was like, oh my god, dude, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and all you think like all this like thing started with him like. Did you ever see that video of him like attacking the, you know, woman. the woman? Yeah, the girl. And people are like, oh, she's laughing. So she liked it. I'm like, nobody fucking likes being choked, you know, like that. You know, I mean, sure. What kink, kink, that's a kink or whatever. But like those that that's not I don't think that's that kind of situation. You know, I think he uh, I think he literally attacked her because he's an asshole and he was uh you know uh trying to to overpower her 
whatever. And, and I, you know, and then later you hear him all over the news about him, um, being, uh, what is it? Um, all over the news about being drunk and, and going to, you know, uh, showing up at people's hotel, you know, rooms, all this shit, all this crazy shit. I'm like, dude, this guy seems like he's downward spiraling right now. And it all ended up to him, uh, grooming that girl and when she was like 14 years old or something you know like that's just sick and the worst part is too is is that that kid was given the stars to him he was already in big two franchises that would have made him easily set for life because he had the fantastical beast franchise and then of course he had the flash right um, and even still, right now, I keep on hearing all the buzz about the Flash movie, and and they said it's a damn shame, and like and, and like and they're all saying it because it is apparently a really really good movie. It's gonna I bomb, I think. Like, yeah, and it'll probably- really, I don't think there's enough Batman fans that are gonna go see it, you know, because that's really what I hear is like everybody's like, oh, that's there's a there's the Flash in a Batman movie, you know. Like yeah. that's the joke or whatever, because like everybody wants to see Michael Keaton and that's why everybody gets mad at me. And, and they say, you know, when I tell them I'm not going to go see it, I'll wait for it to be on uh, streaming for free, you know, or whatever. And they're like, Oh, you're, you're not going to support the people who worked really hard on this movie. I'm like, Oh, you mean those people that got paid for the job that they did that they, you know, that aren't going to get paid any extra for this movie, you know, like those people. Yeah. I'm not going to support that movie for them. You know, like, I'm sorry. You know, you worked really hard on the movie. That's great. Worked really hard on a movie that got fucked over by a, a brat, you know, well, and I think that's where some of the hate for uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran taking over the regime is coming from right now because uh, uh, before they came on board, a part of that slate with Michael Keaton, they were going to make him the official Bruce Wayne and they were going to do a uh, Batman Beyond series and he would have been the older, elder, grizzled Bruce Wayne for that. And, yeah, uh, but now they're they're like resetting the time and all that stuff. So, I, which it makes me wonder about this Blue Beetle and how are they going to do Aquaman and stuff because Aquaman comes up after. So, is that just going to be a completely new timeline or something? Well, it won't be Momama as Aquaman no, because if you listen to his words, uh, like one, he's already locked in as a uh, Lobo. And, and he never said I was going to return as Aquaman. He said that there will be a Aquaman in James Gunn's uh, series. He never so said. What, what about the new Aquaman movie? The one with like Amber Heard and stuff. Oh, oh well, that's the last one of Snyder's uh, regime uh, of, of, of films. Not really Snyder, but like post Snyder during the uh, Walter Hamada uh, one. That uh, well, Aquaman and the Flash are kind of like the last ones. And the reason why I kind of refer to it as Snyderverse is because technically you could connect them easily to the Snyderverse because obviously with the Flash, it's got. Uh, it did. Uh, it does have Ben Affleck in there as well. It did have Kaibel until they pulled Kaibel. Um, um, uh, from that one, Kaibel apparently was more than happy to do uh, Shazam two as well. He thought it would be a great way to build uh, build the story arc even more, and they they pulled him from that one. Uh, well, it kind of pisses me off because they. I hate to say it, but they should have put Aquaman before the Flash. 
because then they could just get rid of everything. But yep. now it's going to have like this lingering movie that nobody's going to go see. And it's not, it's not James Wan's fault. It's not, it's not even Amber Heard's fault in this particular time because I don't like her. Uh, no, I'm saying it's not her fault because what, what people are going to do is people are going to be like, okay, so there's an Aquaman movie that like, it's just its own movie, you know, like it doesn't make any sense for the universe anymore. Oh, and actually Aquaman would have came out before, but it was because of Amber Bird's trial case that things got delayed and they had to do a bunch of reshoots because they decided they wanted to cut more of her character out from right. the main story. So technically, yes, yeah, she was kind of the cause of a little bit of this too. Don't get me wrong. I think Ezra Miller, if I had to do it on, on a percentage scale, I'd say 75% of it was because of Ezra and probably 25% was uh, well, Amber. I'm I'm not even blaming Ezra necessarily. I'm blaming the fact that if James Gunn wants to uh, shut down the whole universe, right? You know, mm -hmm. like he's like, we're going to reset the universe. And we're going to use the Flash movie to sort of completely make a whole new universe, right? Then mm -hmm. they're going to watch the Aquaman movie and it's going to be like its own movie that uh, doesn't, that isn't part of that universe, you know, uh, even though it's going to have Batman, from what I understand, it's going to have Ben Affleck as Batman or something like it doesn't make any sense because they should have had it beforehand, then have the new the Flash and then cut the whole thing and stuff. And there's like the Blue Beetle movie. And I'm like, that's not even part of James Gunn's universe either. So I don't think that that Blue Beetle is going to stay over to the next you know like if they do another blue beetle movie it's gonna be uh probably a whole new character you know and a new actor like it just doesn't make any sense anymore like it, and they're all gonna bomb too because of that I mean, that's what it, i'm saying like it's that like you were saying it was ezra miller i'm not saying that i'm, I'm not even blaming ezra for the fact that it's gonna bomb necessarily he's part of the reason but really i'm blaming James Gunn shutting this down and not putting the flash last, you know, like I know you got to put it out as soon as you can, but like, you know, and not sit on it, but like you have to like, or you have to get things out quicker, you know? I mean, I don't know. Like that's, it, it's tough. Like I get it. You know? <laughs> I mean, there has been some uh, shutting good news in the background, at least if you're a Snyderverse fan. Uh, apparently, there is a lot of talks that DC is open to selling old properties uh, over to uh, Netflix, uh, which is where uh, Snyder is heavily uh, at right now because he's got his Rebel Moon series uh, and he's got a few, and, and his uh, Army of, of, of the Dead series he's got, got going on over there. Um, and the Snyderverse characters are considered uh, back catalog characters at this point. So he could potentially uh, uh, finish up the uh, Justice League uh, part two and three over at Netflix. And apparently Netflix is actually interested on it because of the streaming numbers. Uh, the streaming numbers did, uh, don't lie. Uh, the Nielsen ratings came out. And for that year, uh, the Snyder Cut came in at the no at number three of the most heavily uh, viewed, and yeah. they is that the Snyder Cuts? That's the one's like four hours long. 
Yeah, exactly. Which makes it even that much more impressive because not only was it streamed more often, but it was such a longer uh, movie uh, too. And not only that, it was technically a movie that already came out that bombed. But anyone who watched the Whedon cut and watches that will know that it's it's a day and night difference in, in the story. Uh, everything uh, is better on the Snyder okay. version. Well, I would watch it. It's just I have to like make a day or like days to watch it you know like people are like well you can stream a movie or binge watch a tv series or whatever and i'm like yeah but even binge watching like like i can binge watch a show that's 20 minutes long you know and like cobra kai being like only a half hour long or whatever i can binge watch that in like a day right but i don't know if i can binge watch a movie you know for the whole day or whatever like watch it you know, because you have to separate time, and uh, I'm always doing shit around the house. So, like, you know, I just don't have time, man. It, it like, and and that's the other thing is like I'm writing, and I'm like, oh man, I should put this in this. And I'm like making these scripts way too long, and I'm like, I gotta scale them back because like nobody really wants a a 120 page script. You know, that's a lot to read. You know. Uh, but if I wrote for like Marvel or DC, I'd be, you know, a hit because they like their shit long, you know. Um, Especially but... Snyder. If you look at all of his past works and stuff, I mean, 300, uh, Watchmen, uh, they're all long films. I mean, uh, a James Gunn average film is usually going to be at least three hours. <laughs> yeah. But oh well, all right. Well, we we talked enough about House of Wax, and then we talked <laughs> about other shit that has nothing to do with House of Wax. But that's uh, that's probably what's going to happen on the show. So people better be ready because uh, I'm, like if anybody starts talking about uh, uh, Star Wars or Marvel or anything like that, I'm I'm down. All. Are you a Star Wars fan at all or no? Um. I, I I am to a to a small point. Uh, I of course I love the original uh, trilogy episodes uh, four, five, and six. Um, I, I didn't mind uh, the prequels uh, one, two, and three. Um, uh, they were kind of hit and miss for me along the way. Uh, seven, I didn't I, I didn't mind seven, even though if I, truth be told, I was a little let down because I it just felt like a rehash of New Hope. Is really mm -hmm. all. It um that's what they're um, planning yeah and then uh, uh and then um uh what was the next one in the series the last uh, jedi the last jedi thank you uh yeah i i really started to falter a little bit on that one that's I the only star wars movie my dad fell asleep in watching you know I I'm not surprised. I mean, and unfortunately, that kind of left a bad sour taste in my mouth. I did watch season one of The Mandalorian, and I enjoyed that one. Um, haven't really done anything else. Uh, but to be honest, like, I think I've actually always been a little bit more of a Star Trek fan. <laughs> See, I feel like the world is full of, like, either you're a Star Trek fan or you're a Star Wars fan. You know, I and sometimes they can cross over, but most of the time... It's one or the other, you know, because like Star Trek is so different in a way, oh. like you know, and um, but you know, I I I don't know. I like, I feel like there's a bigger world with Star Wars, like way bigger, and and that's another thing that I'm sort of upset about is like, 
we're about to have May the 4th, right? Another, you know, year of May the 4th be with you. And it's hasn't, there's nothing interesting happening right now with, with, with them. They've sort of kind of pigeonhole, pigeonholed themselves into this uh, sort of mess. So I don't really like what's going on. And I've heard the new Mandalorian is not that good, you know, and I loved the first two seasons. Like yeah. people kept heard- telling me to watch it and I kept putting it off and I finally watched it. And I was like, this is good. Like I can see why, you know, I don't know if you've seen it or not. I, I, I watched the first season of, of Mandalorian. I hadn't watched the second season, but I did hear the same thing about the third. Like a few of my friends were like, yeah, just watch the first two. Uh, um, mm-hmm. And they did a skip of uh, the book of Boba Fett. They said that was a big letdown. Well, Book of Boba Fett became like halfway through, became another season, like half a season of Mandalorian because they focused all on Mand- Mandalorian and that. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. where's, 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 uh, me and my friend were watching it because he would come over on Sunday nights and he didn't have Disney. So I, yeah, I said, hey, you don't want to just sort of have to wait till Sunday to, to watch the, the new episode, right? And I, it's driving me crazy because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to see what was going to happen. But I waited and we watched it and we're like, wait a minute, this is a Mandalorian show, you know, like, and they literally, you don't see Boba at all you know, in like two or three episodes. So it became like all of a sudden uh, the book of uh, uh, Mando. And then, uh, but it was all set up for the next season. So I haven't seen it. I might start watching it tonight. I don't know the third season because I can't, like, even though people say it's, you know, whatever, and and people have told me don't watch it, you know, Um, and I've heard why. I'm going to get into that real quick because even though it's nothing to do with horror film lovers, sorry guys, but <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy is, uh, is the producer, right? She's the one who's kind of the showrunner for a lot of stuff. Right. And uh, apparently she and um, uh, John Favreau butted heads over a lot of stuff. And um, he, she like, I think she promised him something or, didn't and didn't deliver that kind of thing and he was just like nope i'm done and this season he's just been kind of uh as buffy says it he's he's just going through the motions you know you've seen buffy right oh yeah i mean and buffy musical so uh, going through the motions yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, I, I, I do. <laughs> I remember that. Um, and you know what the worst part is, too? It's such a damn shame because John Farvo has been nothing short of a genius uh, for mm-hmm. Disney. A lot, a lot of people don't remember. He was the one who gave us Iron Man 1 and 2 and 3. They were his uh, films. 1 and 2. I don't oh, yeah, think well, he – I think third one, if I'm correct, was that Shane Black, I think, to the third one. Um let me make sure. I, I'm pretty sure because it was set during Christmas, and that's Shane Black's. Yeah, Shane Black, the guy who did uh, uh, Nice Guys, and uh, he was in Predator and uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So he's done a lot with Robert Downey Jr. And I guess Robert, I, I think John Favreau may have been shooting something else at the time, or maybe him and Robert didn't necessarily agree on on the on the tone for. I mean, even though he's in part three you know so i mean well i mean and even regardless it's like 
Iron Man 1 and 2 is really what got the MCU kicked off in the gear. I I mean and it's and it's, and it's, and it's okay to say that too because if you look at all the uh, the phase 1 minus the Avengers movie of course. Look at all the phase 1 movies. The only one that was really a big profit for them was Iron Man, Captain mm-hmm. America or they made a profit, but it was minuscule. Uh, like, you know, you're talking like they made like maybe 200 million while mm-hmm. Iron Man, you know, was making eight, 900 million. Uh, mm-hmm. so, I mean, so it was very, uh, it was very obvious that he was on something there. And even when he thought like in Mandalorian, that was John Farbos and look what he did. Like he gave Star Wars fans a reason to come back again. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I'm kind of sad because that that Kathleen sort of the problem I have with her is she has agendas she wants to do and that's not Star Wars. Star Wars isn't about agenda. It is about equal, you know, equality. It is all about that because there's Leia, you know, mixed in with like Han Solo or whatever. And even though I, I a lot of people hate Ray. You know the 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 female character Daisy uh, Daisy Ridley's character in seven eight and nine. Um, I didn't hate her. I just felt like she was sort of blah, like her character. Um, she's coming back, and I'm like, well, I hope they like really like do something interesting with her. Uh, I was kind of sad that unfortunately Carrie um Fisher died. Mm-hmm. Um and. Uh, when she passed away, um, they had uh, they had already shot some stuff with her, but um, I was like, there was this perfect spot where to just keep her out in the the distance and not have her come back in, and it would have been just this beautiful like scene of like, you know. But of course, they did that, and then all of a sudden they had to figure out a way to 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 make her you know, whatever, and and I just, I felt like, you know, it, I don't know, those movies were just not good, and the TV was doing better until, I, I wasn't a big fan of Obi-Wan Kenobi, I thought it was okay, um, it would have been a great movie, you know, had they just cut into a movie, you know, they could have just made that kind of cool, but, you know, so... I don't know. All in all, Star Wars has been sort of lacking, and I feel like they really need to like step up their game, you know, soon because they need a game changer. Um, and like, and they honestly, the, the new series could have been a bigger hit. Uh, there are just so many misfires. Like even on the episode seven one, uh, one of the biggest complaints I told everyone I had with it uh, was they kind of made um, Ray's character. A little bit of a Mary Sue, like, uh, and that's and, what a lot of people said, yeah. And and, and, and you know, I don't mean that be a derogatory either. I mean, because I guess I agree with you. I think the actress was doing a great job. It was the writing. It's the fact that you took her from point A to point C, all in the very first movie. That took Luke three movies to get to. Right. I mean, and not only that, she won. Already at the end of the first one, which to me already made like, okay, well, he survived. Yeah, the darkness can go on, but you already whooped his ass, so we already know you can take him and stuff. Like, why you does know? she need to train with Luke? Exactly. It's like, you, you know. already 
that to take him. Obviously, I mean, I mean, at least in the in the original series, it's like if Luke even tried to go up against Vader, you're dead. I mean, right? They're always shot. And then in part two, after getting some more training and well, getting trained with Yoda, he tried to, and well, we all know what happened. You know, right? It did well for Luke. And he had Luke lost his hand and um and found out Vader was his father. Exactly, and just totally messed him up. Uh, well, I don't want to say totally messed him up, but definitely messed uh, with his mind to a way uh, to where like you had to realign your whole entire self again and soul search and figure out what it is you're supposed to do now. I mean, I mean, yeah. So it wasn't until like the third movie, uh, and even in the third movie. It was a very close fight. I mean, it wasn't until Luke started to slowly embrace his hatred that it allowed him the power to overpower Vader and to do it, but yet just enough to, to realize when he needed to pull himself back from not being what his dad became. I mean... Yeah, you didn't want to become a Sith, you know. Um, exactly. Which, I mean... <clears throat> and that's the other thing, is like the... Uh, the first three movies, the the uh, four, five, and six, those were uh, this legendary kind of stories that uh, evolved through time. You know, throughout each each thing, you learn a little bit more, and you kind of come to understand these things. And then by the last one, you know what I mean? Like you you know the characters, you know every you know what I mean. And then they did one, two, and three. And it was like, okay, we need to expand upon this stuff. But then you, you f- there was a lot of fuck-ups. There was a lot of like continuity issues and things like that. Uh, like, uh, um, I, I forgot they mentioned in the Clerks animated thing of like, you know, then how come, you know, he said he was the one who got trained by, uh, Anakin got trained by Obi-Wan when it was really, uh, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn who trained him, you know, right? Or whatever, and all this stuff. And, you know, yes, he was his, uh, uh, he was his, uh, thing, but like he didn't, he actually trained with Qui-Gon Jinn originally, you know, and stuff. So I don't know, things like that. There was like a lot of little continuity issues because they weren't really, there weren't really boundaries at that time that we sort of learned more about nowadays. You know, when you make a uh, franchise like this, that you build this world, you know, you have to know all your characters. You need to know how they're set up and you need to know um, what you're going to do next, you know, like, or, and you need to know what happened 20 years ago, you know, for the grandfather of that character. You need to know that stuff because that might come back later and be used and be helpful to somebody or whatever. So you have to you have to build all of that stuff up before the movie even gets made. And uh and I feel like these new ones they just threw out everything that, you know, and they were like, let's just wipe the slate clean and start, you know, but you can't, you know, cuz everything else came before then including uh, books that were made. And I have a few of them, and I love those books. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're Star Wars Legends books. They're fucking phenomenal. And uh, and some of the best writing. And unfortunately, well, they're not canon. You know, yeah. Kathleen Kennedy called this, said they're not canon. So, you know, it sucks. I've been hearing 
that they're going to uh, they might be adapting the Timothy Zahn series uh, of the uh, uh, Air of the Empire, uh, uh, Dark Force Rises, and uh, Last Command. They might. Uh, I, I think that's the that that's what I've heard too. Uh, if they do, um, they will. Uh, it. I, I don't think it will be canon to the book. You know, so if they do, they'll just say the characters and stuff, you know, uh, but I could be wrong. Um, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. actually <laughs> I have I have one of them, I think. Um, also, I have uh, Darth Plagueis and uh, a few other of the, the, the legends, you know, and, and that the one you said is is the legends. So there's a there's a lot. There's like hundreds of books. I'm I'm planning to one day buy them all because you know I can get them for cheap on like eBay like four bucks you know for a whole book you know and everything and I'm gonna so I'm gonna start buying more more of those to have them and you know and eventually read but it's kind of hard. There's an Obi Wan Kenobi book. There's a Kenobi book and uh, it is nothing like the TV show because that's they just make you know whatever they want you know and uh and it's uh, usually there's some kind of agenda you know um yeah so anywho uh thank you guys for listening this yeah. we, we went off um topic here but you know we had a good time talking about house of wax while we did i mean do, you, do you, so if you got if you could give it out of like five stars what would you give this movie i'd give it um I'd give it a three out of five. Three? I'd give it a four. I mean okay. I, I but I would I would understand a three. I, I would just give it a four because I think it's uh I don't know, it's it entertaining enough where I liked it a lot. But so you would give it a three? Yeah, I I mean like for me, like I'm very hard at giving five stars too. I mean for a five star it's gotta be like everything was just perfect for me the way I loved it and only a couple of films in my life have really brought me to that level I'm like oh my god this is it I, I this is just awesome across the board I can't find like almost anything wrong with this uh most of the time I give everything uh you know like oh like, like, like a four like like you know even like our production company I don't think I've given any of my films like on IBD higher than like a six or a seven out of ten really <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm gonna be honest about our, our films, and I and, and and I know and I know uh, uh, the director I work with. He wants the same thing. He's like, I don't want padded numbers. I want honest opinions because, as he says, I can't grow unless I know. <laughs> right. Oh, that's good. That's a good line. Um. So recently, I gave two four and a halfs on Letterbox. Uh, one was to City of the Living Dead. I don't know if you ever seen that, but that movie is a phenomenal. Oh. Yeah, and then uh, Stand By Me got four and a half. Uh, I, I get that. What? Oh, so I totally get that one. I mean, that was just a very well uh, written story. Um, I basically, I mean, and it has such a stellar cast in it too. <laughs> I know. Um, I think I gave, if I'm correct, I gave only five I've given lately because I'll do fours and I'll do four and a halfs a lot, you know, because if I really just enjoyed a movie, I'll, I'll do that. Um, uh, but the five, okay. So the, 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 
last latest five was King of New York. That is almost like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but it's it's phenomenal. Um, uh, I thought I did I do a, did I do one for Top Gun Maverick because I would probably give that close to a five. I haven't seen that one yet, but uh, from everything I've heard from everyone, I, if you gave it a five, I wouldn't blame you from everyone I heard. Everyone said that it it, it checked all the boxes uh, for all the, the nostalgia and the heart uh, that the first one had. And uh, capturing that nostalgia and that heart that a lot of those 80s films uh, and 90s films had, it's, it, it's like lightning in a bottle. Uh, you know, some mm -hmm. people some people can catch it and some people will always miss it. <laughs> And I also gave a short. Uh, it was a uh, uh, was it uh, Amityville Christmas? I gave that a five because I really really oh. enjoyed that. I don't know if you've seen that yet, but Steve Rzinski's, uh movie uh, Amityville Christmas, and it's just goofy and funny, and it's just it's cute, you know, it's a cute movie. So, uh, but yeah, I don't I don't give fives. The Bling Ring I gave four and a half. You know, like. I'll I'll give up to four and a half, but like it has to like be really fucking good, you know, like to get a five. You know what I mean? Like it's gotta be it's gotta be difficult that like I like Vegas vacation, I give three and a half. You know, it's a little harsh on that, I guess, but you know oh, no. like, I don't think a three out of five uh, is harsh. I'm, I mean, that's over like half. I mean, I, I look at a three out of five as like a seventy percent. Like you know, like you know, but but even because it's a tighter numbers, I, I'd go as far as say it's, it's like a CB uh, level uh, grade uh, for me. Like you know, if I give it a four, it, it, it's it's an A. Like a five is just like oh my god, A plus plus plus. I mean, and yeah. when. That's why it's so hard for me to ever give those out. I, I mean, I've given out a handful of times, uh, but it is rare. I mean, like The Godfather is probably one I'd give a five. Mm. So I would give a five to as well. Goodfellas, um, Good. um absolutely. Um, Citizen Kane. Oh yeah, Citizen Kane, absolutely. Um, uh, actually, uh, Christopher Reeves' uh, Superman one. Um, I would give that a, a, a five stars. I mean. Especially when you take everything to effect for that one, it was like the time of when it was happening, the effects that it had. I mean, even like the captions and the heart that movie had. I mean, just when you got done watching that movie, you believed you could go out and you could accomplish anything, right? I, I mean, and that was just so like uh, like amazing, and like it's just, and that's one of the things that I feel like the comic book movies have lacked for a long time, and I think it's one of the reasons why I also Shazam so much, like the first one that is. The first Shazam, it felt like that. Like I felt that heart again that I felt like has been missing. Uh, Ant-Man 1, I actually give a lot of credit to. They got very close to hitting that marker with me. They had a great story there. And mm -hmm. I, I even love the ending of it, too, where it wasn't that cliche. Oh, Daddy's a superhero. Now, Mommy and Daddy are in love again. No, it did not go down that way. It was like, Daddy's a superhero. Daddy's getting his crap together. That's great. Wife and getting back together with them. Wife is still with the new uh, with the new guy, and she's not leaving. Well, thank him. God too. I mean, as much as I I love her, the the uh, I can't remember the girl from fucking Halloween. I think um, yeah, uh, Judy Greer, love her to death. But I don't want her and you know, I I I don't want her and Paul Rudd together. You know, like I would rather have him with uh, Angelina and Evangeline. 
Lali, Mm -hmm. however you say her name, I liked her a lot. And um, I think the Wasp is a really fun character. And I was kind of disappointed that, like, it, it, it meant... You know, the problem with uh, Quantumania was the fact that it was more of a Kang movie than it was an Ant-Man movie. And so I I did feel that way. Just the same as I think Thor Love and Thunder was more of a Jane Foster movie than it was a uh, Thor movie, you know? Um, it's more about Jane's thing. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Natalie Portman did not want to come back originally and they probably had to persuade her by giving her a bigger part, you know, and stuff. And, you they know, should have on her, um, I didn't like Thor love and thunder. Uh, one of my biggest hates uh, for that movie is, and it's something that has been progressing over time and I didn't like it. Uh, they turned door into a practically a walking slapstick joke. Uh, he's a, he's a dumbbell, you know, yeah, but like, if you remember, like, like you know, in Thor one, like you know, he was a Norse god who was a warrior, someone who fought hard in battles, and he, and, like, and, and through humiliation, he learned how to be not only a uh, good king but a better man. And then, it, it, like, and then it just went into like one-liner jabs with him all the time, stuff, and it was just like you know, the occasional um, one. But was I liked fun. Ragnarok a lot. Yeah. Oh, right, well, Ragnarok was good. The, the, my only great with Ragnarok was that was the beginning of that. We're going to make more cliche. I mean, I'm sure because like you know, they kept his tone the same for Thor, uh, Dark World, and of course, Dark World was kind of looked at as one of the lesser in the Marvel phases. It bombed. Movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and it just overall wasn't a, a favorite for a lot of people. I mean, I mean, and, and, looking and back I, at, it, I actually don't mind Dark World. Um, you know, I, I like it better than a lot of the newer shit that's coming out. Oh, you know, and I'm that one uh, too, actually. I mean, I, I mean, there there's some good, there's some really good fun parts to it, and I think another thing that kind of uh, ruined it for me was uh, in Ragnarok is like some of the key uh, key players I liked a lot, like Darcy, uh, for example, like the, the the assistant. I loved her character. I thought mm-hmm. she was a. You know, like she was all the slapstick one-liner humor you needed for the film. You didn't have to make. And the then action. they kind of dropped her after, like, she came back for WandaVision and stuff, so that was kind of cool. But like, they dropped her from the Thor story. She's not in Ragnarok, North Love and Thunder. I don't think. I don't remember yeah. her being that. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, like that was just my biggest gripe with uh, Love, Love and Thunder. It's like if you want to put more of a centric focus on Lady Thor, that, that that's fine, but you don't have to make Thor a, a running joke uh, during that to uh, to uh, build up a new character. There are so many better ways. I mean, even just look at like you know, like even uh, Batman for. No, she wasn't. She wasn't Thor: Love and Thunder. I didn't. I don't remember her being in that. Uh, Darcy. I don't remember her being in it, but I guess she was. Oh, oh, well, she, oh, 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 oh I mean, I mean, I, I was talking about. Oh, yeah, I, was, I don't remember. I don't remember Darcy being in that too. But if it was, it, it might have been only for a split second. But like I said, I mean, like, oh, and uh, and um, of uh, uh, the uh, uh, the doctor too. Uh, 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 Eric. Um, uh, why am I drawing blank? Last name. Uh, said something. Uh, Eric. So Selvik or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, Eric, Eric, Eric Selvig. I loved his character a lot too. I thought he was great. I mean, I mean, I loved him in the first one. I, actually, even the second one, he was he was fun, even though you know he, he kind of did the whole losing the mind thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, as like I said, like that was just my biggest downfall for the latest Thor movies. Is like uh, you you kind of turned him into just like a big slappy, uh, a, a big slapstick joke at this point. I mean, it's yeah, um, you know, it's like you know he he. He's 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 a god. I mean, a god shouldn't be a, a running slapstick joke. I mean, no, are- it it was really also Avengers, uh, Endgame that did it too, where they made him Fat Thor and they try to make jokes and stuff. I don't like that. Yeah, no, I mean, the only humor on that one that I actually liked a lot uh, was the uh, fun banter him and uh, Star Lord were having about who was in charge. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like. See, they should have continued because, like, I was watching the Thor Love and Thunder pitch meeting. I don't know if you've seen the guy who does pitch meeting on YouTube where he oh, like yeah. talks to himself or whatever and it's him pitching the movie or whatever and stuff. But uh, he was doing a bit about, oh, well, we're gonna have to go. You know what? I loved it when the Guardians of the Galaxy they ended it with him, you know, oh, yeah, they're uh, they're gonna be in it for like five minutes. And I was like, what is that? And it was like, yeah, they're they're not gonna, they'll be in it for like a little bit, you know, and then they're gonna go off, and everything. And I was like, that's uh, so true. Like everybody wanted Guardians of the Galaxy to be together with them, but like, like I guess they didn't want to, you know, just pay for all those people to be in <laughs> another really- movie, you know, for the whole time. I mean, honestly. Yeah. If you if you made uh, the fourth Thor movie more of a team up with him and the Guardians, I think that one could have been his biggest hit in the entire series. It might have made more money than than, than Ragnarok did. Exactly, I think that that would have been a better choice, but they didn't do that. They ended up making it all about Jane becoming Mighty Thor because that's what was in the comics, and they're trying to to appease. See, that's the problem: is like damned if you do and damned if you don't. You know, if you if you try to keep it to the comics, all the people who don't want don't read the comics are gonna be like, "What the fuck is this? I don't understand. I don't like it." And then if you don't bring the comics in there, the comic fans are gonna be like, "What is this? I don't fucking like it." You know, and shit. And you just can't really win. Uh, thankfully, I I don't I read the comics sometimes. Like I I have a bunch of them, but I don't. Fucking, I'm not like a comic nerd, you know. Like, I'm not somebody who's gonna be like, "Oh my god, that was in the comics!" Like, I won't even recognize that shit. You know? now, I'm not that bad either. It's kind of like if I know story arcs you're going with, it'll help me kind of decide if I'm gonna get excited for it or not. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, like you know, when I heard about the Age of Ultron, I was like, okay, well, that was a good series. I, 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 I like, you know, like, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. That. that Coming to light, hopefully the story arc will be uh, somewhat on par. I never ever usually plan on any story arc from a comics to be dead on accurate. I think that's really only happened like one time that I can I can think of that that it was like dead on almost like page for page for the comic, and it was still missing a few pages, but it was probably uh, um, uh, Watchmen, uh, Watchmen, uh, the movie and uh, the and and the, and the graphic comic uh, novel. It's pretty darn close to uh, verbatim, right? So yeah, well, that's exciting. I, um, I'm just 
you know, one thing also I don't like about, and I'm, I mean, and I'm probably part of the problem, but there's YouTube channels all about these shows and these movies and stuff. And it just drives me bonkers because a lot of times it's rumors, you know, Oh, this guy's going to play Reed Richards and the new, you know, breaking. This is, this is the new Reed Richards and you watch it. And then they actually say, Oh, this guy's in, you know, talks right now to be the new, possibly be, possibly be the new Reed Richards. This isn't official. And I'm like, don't post that it's official. Like don't clickbait people into watching your goddamn videos. Say it there that this guy is possibly up for Reed Richards. Like, you know, like you saying, oh, it is, and then it's not, is a total bait and switch. It sucks. Oh. I don't, I just don't like it anymore. It's, it's not, it's getting too, like, I don't know, not fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Usually, uh, once I hear it announced uh, through uh, the trades or through um, a, a, a variety, that's when I know it's probably official at that point because Variety, uh, Variety won't usually announce it unless they have at least three or four solid sources that will back it up and say, "Yeah, nope, nope, it is, a, it is a done deal." Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, I am. Somebody just was talking about the Marvel Studios going into the the scary stuff, the Midnight Suns and, oh, and yeah. things, and Blade and. Uh, and the girl Mia Goth is possibly playing Lilith, and that to me is exciting, you know, and everything. I think that's that might be the thing that really helps, you know, bring stuff back, right? I feel oh. like because did you see the uh, uh, the the short uh, presentation thing, special presentation of Werewolf by Night? Oh yes, I I actually watched it on. Uh... Disney Plus. Uh, that was actually uh, that was actually very good. Um, and actually, they they went darker than I thought they were going to. That they went darker. It was still kids, you know, oriented. Like it was fine for kids. There's no cursing or anything. I don't think, but it was completely PG thirteen. Like they went all out. So I loved it. Like I, uh, but yeah, I think <laughs> because that did very well. They're realizing that the horror stuff is going to do very well. I think so. They're really they're getting everybody excited for Blade. They're getting everybody excited potentially for like the Midnight Suns. Like I could just see as long as uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch wants to com- continue to play Doc- Doctor Strange for more, you know, years. I don't know how many more years he has on his contract, but um, or how many more movies he has on his contract. But because uh, I feel like if he stops playing Doctor Strange, we might get one more season of the BBC uh, Sherlock Holmes series with uh, him and uh, Martin Freeman. Yeah. Oh, that's because I'm not sure if you if you watched. It. I haven't yeah. seen it. No, I just I know it's good. It is, um, it is a really good series. It's a modern take on Sherlock Holmes, but it's very well written and very well done. Good. Um, I'm I'm happy. It's funny because him and uh, Robert Downey Jr. both play Sherlock. Yep. You know, so it's really funny. And Martin Freeman, wasn't he in uh, Black Panther and stuff? Wasn't he the... Yes, he was. Yeah, so both of them have been in the MCU. That's Holmes and Watson have been both in the MCU. And 
and whatnot. I don't, who's the who's the Watson in the um Sherlock in the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock? Was there a Watson? Oh um, no, yeah, there, oh, oh, Jude, was, Law, Jude Law, Jude yeah, Law, oh, Jude Law. He uh, he's never played an MCU character yet. Uh, Jude Law. Oh yes, he has. Uh, he was uh Marvel. Fuck, that is absolutely right. Yon Rog. Yon Rog. Oh yeah, 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 wrong. Yeah, yeah, wrong. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Uh but yeah, that's fucking great, man. Um yeah. that 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 just uh and Talos uh I'm excited for Secret Invasion. I'm excited. That looks great. Um I mean, I'm not going to I'm I'm still uh I'm still a simp for Marvel. I'm sorry. Uh, DC, I just, just, ugh, I don't know. It's too dark, too, uh, not my style. I'm a horror guy, but I'm a light horror guy. Ha- House of Wax, that, that's like the extent of my type of horror that I really like, you know, and stuff. Like, that's more what I like, um, you know, but that's, you know, whatever. I mean, I mean, it, honestly, it's one of the reasons why I like uh, DC. I mean, like I said, it's, it's the reason why I like Marvel. I mean, I like Marvel because it's fun, it's bright, it's colorful, it's funny most of the time, it's got a lot of humor in it. But for the same reason is why I like DC so much. It's not Marvel. It's the opposite. It's dark. It's gritty. It has more uh, adult, uh, darker tones, I feel like, uh, in it uh, overall and stuff. I did like the Batman. Oh yeah, the Batman was was good. I I definitely enjoyed that one. I was shocked because uh, I mean I, I mean I heard so many good things about it, but um, I was not sure if I would like it or not. And I was, I was like, damn, this is actually really good. You know, um, very well done. So um, I know that they're making a Penguin TV show, or mm-hmm. you know, they've already like started shooting if not already finished shooting and some post-production or whatever and it's coming out on hbo max um i guess the last thing we'll share about this is like i'm excited for hbo max and the fun stuff that they've got but i'm also really upset at warner brothers discovery for like they are getting rid of a lot of their their stuff like sesame street and other things and and they're they're keeping random shit you know and so like the conjuring universe i'm like that's their universe like that should be in hbo max but they're giving some of them to like Tubi, you know and i'm like and they're licensing out their their property you know and i'm like why you know uh, the bottom line is it's the it's the bomb dollar walter hermada uh, broke their bank pretty bad. Uh, they're in debt like eight billion dollars right now. Yeah. Well, that's right. I mean, it's easier for them to 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 sell off a property or something than 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 it is to keep them around and and keep losing money, basically. So whatever, it's a money thing. Um, people are gonna be frustrated at first, but I think things are gonna start kind of changing and shifting once more original content keeps coming out, you know, and everything. Oh, exactly. I mean, it's just like with everything, whether it be comic books, uh, certain genres and movies, 
there's always a shift. What was out one day may be the hottest thing like uh, the next year or two down, down the road. I mean, bear in mind, before Marvel's Connected Universe, Marvel was very, very close to going bankrupt. I mean, they were on the cusp of it. It's why they sold all their properties out to everybody. It was the only way. Including Doctor Strange to Full Moon, of yeah. all people, originally. And then they got it back from Full Moon. And <laughs> they took it back from Full Moon. So Full Moon made Doctor Mordred instead of Doctor Strange. And I'm like thinking, why hasn't. Why haven't they made it a Dr. Mordred 2 now, you know, to kind mm -hmm. of capitalize on the success of Dr. Strange, you know, um, sure. Uh, was it uh, uh, Jeffrey Combs would come back, you know, oh, as yeah, the, I, I love me Jeffrey. <laughs> he is, I mean, he is the uh, low budget version of Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, or, or Robert Downey Jr. Like he is that kind of, character you know actor and and so i love him i love ted Raimi. i love uh all those guys bruce campbell i mean you know um i would you know i i wouldn't piss off bruce so that he would tell me to fuck off you know or whatever, get the fuck out of here you heard about that oh no so there were uh, they had a screening of evil dead rise and uh it got videotaped uh, that they were going to have a Q&A after the movie was done, right? And while they were, one of the people were talking, I don't know if it was, uh, it wasn't Bruce, but it was somebody was there talking about some stuff. This unruly person at Alamo Draft House was like, uh, this movie sucked, you know, right? And they're like, you know, well, get out of here, you know, go, leave, you know, we don't want you here. You know, right? So the guy gets up and everybody's booing at him and, and whatnot. And then he kind of comes back in for a second to whatever. And Bruce Campbell goes, get the fuck out of here. You know, right? And everybody just applauds. <laughs> it's on TikTok. If you ever have TikTok or whatever, you can look it up. Uh, but it's it's so funny. And then one of the guys, uh, the, the producer, uh, Rob Tappert, is like, uh, why did he stay to the end of the credits? Like and the movie sucked, you know, to tell us that, you know, and, uh, you know, and I think somebody was like, was he possessed, you know, or whatever. And it's just a joke and, and stuff. But like, I, I love that. Like I would never piss off Bruce. He scares me too much. Like he does seem like the kind of guy who would tell you to, to fuck off oh. or, or really, you know, like you could really anger him with, with something you said. So I would never want to do that, you know? Oh, I uh, I definitely feel like he is someone you could flip the uh, a-hole switch on real fast if, if you uh, don't watch yourself. <laughs> I met Ted Raimi and I met Sam Raimi uh, at Texas Frightmare. And Sam is, I had to wait in a huge line. And he was the only person in the world. Like I've waited in lines for like Robert England or, you know, all these other people. And I never got butterflies until... I was there to meet Sam. Like he was even Kevin Smith. I've met Kevin Smith a couple times and he's never given me butterflies, but I don't know why uh, wait, waiting in this long line for Sam Raimi gave me actual butterflies and made me nervous. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Oh, you know, right. And I finally met him and he was just the sweetest man ever. Um, uh, he really 
nice. Uh, I, I met him at Monster Mania a couple of years ago. Uh, that dude, I swear, like I, I think he owes nothing but the, the nicest suits in the world. He always had. We, we used to have Monster Mania. Like anytime I saw him there, he always had like a martini in his hand. <laughs> I asked uh, Anthony Michael Hall once, actually more than once, because I was drunk. This was back when I used to drink, and I was at a horror convention. And uh, I asked him once, I guess, you know, when I first met him, because, all right, I'll tell the story, but it's it's sort of funny. Um, I had a friend, and I'm not going to say the name of the friend or whatever, but my friend was sort of being looked at by Anthony Michael Hall, and Anthony wanted to, I guess, meet her, so she went over with me, you know, I was her wingman, you know, I went over, she started chatting with Anthony, and I guess I must have asked him that question of like, why do you wear suits at the conventions? And uh, so later, uh, I I had like it was a crazy fucking weekend. I blacked out like most of the fucking weekend, basically. So Sunday I wake up and I'm like, oh shit, like I missed out on like a whole day. I think you know, basically, like I don't remember you know the day. And so I was like, oh, fuck. So I came downstairs, talked to some people, and I see Anthony Michael Hall, and I asked him that question of, like, why do you wear suits? That's something I've been wondering. And he goes, you've asked me that, like, five times this weekend. But all right, I'll tell you anyway. You know, right? He told me it's because he wants to look respectful. But I thought, I was like, oh, fuck, I did. I probably did. I don't remember anything. You know, and I think he, under, he understood. And then I didn't see that girl for a while and she actually thanked me later you know because i thought i pissed her off or something and she thanked me later for helping her meet you know anthony and they seem to have a little bit of chemistry i guess and stuff so that's nice you know okay. but yeah so apparently i'm a great drunk wingman but <laughs> i don't drink anymore and i'm so happy i don't do that um it it Though, other than that situation, you know, nothing else was good. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was bad. Um, So I'll let people at those conventions drink all they fucking want for me. Like, they can do it. You know, they can all have fun if they want. But I I just, uh, I've learned, you know, that, you know, it, it, it's ne- it never goes well. You know, um, and uh, and I'd rather be sober and know what the hell is going on, you know. And if I wreck something up, it's because I did it sober. <laughs> yeah, you know? like at least I could be like, oh shit, what did I say? What did I do? You know, and I can because you can still do that when you're sober. You know, you oh. can still fuck up. <laughs> sober. You know, yeah. you just can't blame alcohol for it this time. You just have to blame yourself being an idiot. You know. <laughs> Oh Lord. Um, I feel like this became like the Joe Rogan show or something, one of those kind of shows where it just goes off topic and talks about other shit that has nothing to do with whatever the person, you know. We have uh, a tendency that. <laughs> what? We have a tendency of uh doing that when we get I, on. I think it's okay as long as we did talk about the movie. I mean we did. Uh, oh, yeah. we, we almost talked a whole hour about it. I don't think we did talk a whole hour. And we talked another hour about other shit. <laughs> <laughs> other hour and a half. Um, 
anyway, if you guys are still listening to this, thank you so much. I don't know what you're doing, you know, uh, driving or bored. Um, but thank you. We really appreciate, uh, everybody listening. And, uh, uh, if you're not, if you're not here, then we don't like you because you're not hearing this because, you know, you should, you should stay to the end. Um, maybe i don't know then they're like marvel dc and you know bruce campbell what does this have to do with house of wax yeah. you know <laughs> these people are in the movie <laughs> these people aren't like this has nothing to do with house of wax they're just rambling um star wars you know <laughs> a star wars house of wax movie that would be interesting a little mashup <laughs> you know uh they come out and start killing all the wax character you know things with their lightsabers you know i don't know just trying to trying to make it make sense um <laughs> anyway everybody thank you guys for checking this out join us next month we're not gonna say what it is yet but apparently michael's got an idea of what he wants to he's gonna tell me after this but i'm not I, we don't want to say anything on on these shows until uh well until it's like official you know for sure but uh, but anyway, it'll be you. We will have you guys find out what it is after we've recorded it. How about that? So, um, until then, everybody, uh, thank you, Michael, and um, thank you all, and hope you guys enjoyed it. Until then, bye. Bye.